Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this LDS Thursday, September 21st, 2023. This sports program starts now. Football is happening tonight. Week three of the NFL season will be kicking off as the Giants will take on the San Francisco 49ers as 10.5 point dogs. We'll be breaking that down for the next three hours, all the different angles and gombles and things that we could potentially talk about as Christian McCaffrey might go on to have 15 touchdowns. Or maybe the Giants without Saquon Barkley will be able to get the upset of all upsets to kick off week three of this NFL season that we know is going to be spectacular. Now, I don't even want to dive into what the college football slate looks like on Saturday. Okay, we're in for it now. The next four days of football are about to be glorious. Let's enjoy all of it. Hey, why is it LDS Thursday? Well, it's not because the talks table at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Sweet cat shirt, Connor. Yeah, if it was LSD Thursday, maybe the the shirt would have played. Oh, yeah, because we're tripping because the cats seem to be coming alive there with the sailboat. I got you. Yeah, Yeah. and it's not because one half of the hammer, Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. It's not because... A man who spent 36 years coaching wow. football. Whoa. Listen to this. Just got this stat actually four minutes ago. 18 years in college, 18 years in the NFL. Huh? Whoa. Wow. Wow. The 18 packs. What? This guy earned it all. Ladies it? and gentlemen, from Boulder, Colorado originally, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Chuck Pagano. Hey, hey, coach. Great to see you, Chuck. Can you hear us? I got you. Yeah, all right. So what happens here, you know, because Chuck beat the hell out of leukemia in one season. Mm-hmm. The chemo beat the hell out of his hearing a little bit. Still got his hair, though, which was a big oh, deal because yeah. the hair looks Good fantastic, hair. but he lost a little bit of his hearing. So he has actual ears that he puts in. And these things, obviously, incredible with modern science. All oh, right? yeah. I don't know yep. how they were able to figure it out, but there are some places where you're standing where he can't hear Right in front of him yeah, mm-hmm. is sometimes a, a tough spot. So right before we go live, he takes his ears out, puts show ears in. So there's about a 90-second period where Chuck is literally in his own world. Yeah. yeah, He's sitting next to us, but he's in our own world. Chuck, it's great to hear you see you. Yeah, We're happy you can hear us. I'm sorry. It's frustrating, isn't it? No, I, I think Fun. it's amazing. I, I, actually, yeah. I genuinely enjoy it. I assume, though, for you, it has been something you've had to adjust to a little bit. No, you, go to a restaurant with my wife. And Shout out to I can you. hear I can hear everybody else's conversation, but I can't communicate with my wife. <laughs> so, so these deals uh, these that was from were, chemo, right? Did you were. know that that was going to be one of the potential things that would come with it, or no? Did not. Just after the fact, you know. But if we'd have signed up and said, "Hey, you're going to be cancer free, but you're going to be deaf," hey, give Deal. me deaf. Yep. Yep. Done. Sure, I'm and, good. And he might have slipped in there. How about the hair, though? Yeah, <laughs> keep that. You know what I mean? That hair. As soon as that thing came back, and you got the. Mm-hmm. Sleek that back the first time. I know that had to feel pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. You look yeah. great. We appreciate you joining appreciate us. Appreciate you. Uh, he'll be talking all day with us about everything taking place. He also has full um, depth chart for both teams playing yeah. tonight. Yeah. I don't know, can you hold that up, Chuck? Can you just kind of face that? You don't have to. We don't have to zoom in. Look at this guy. How about that? Look at this guy. <laughs> Chuck, God. He's got the, the full, seats are full. Yeah. We're talking notes. We're talking detail. Mm-hmm. We're talking learning stuff today. But not just about that. No, no. It's LDS Thursday. That's right. Okay, now some people say, what does that mean? Yeah. LBS is Pons. Mm-hmm, sure. LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, LeBron J. Right. There yep. it is. Sure. LDS, what's that? Well, that's Latter-day Saints. Oh. The artist formerly known as Mormon. Oh. Mm-hmm. A man is representing <laughs> said religion. Friend of the program. Absolute <laughs> dog of a football player. Nine years, I believe, in the NFL. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, Cal Van Noyce. Yeah. 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 
Kyle traveled out here uh, to hang out with us today. We're incredibly thankful yeah. for that. Hell yeah. Free agent right now. Still mm -hmm. in it, though? I am. Still in it. You look like you're in great shape right now. Best shape ever. LDS, Latter-day Saints. Yes, Latter-day Saints. I think we're going away from the Mormon trajectory. I think that's what they want. That's so a smart PR that's move. That's what we yeah. do. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes with the Mormon uh, name. Yeah. Immediately upon hearing Mormon, you automatically think of all the... I remember that, Doc. Bingo. Yeah. There was a dog right that away. happened. I know you guys saw it. You had to have heard about it. But every religion, I think if you were to dive in, uh, you potentially can make a doc or two about oh, all yeah. of them. Mm -hmm. So I have massive respect for anybody that is committed to whatever they feel is the right move for them going forward. With that being said, Austin Colley was the first LDS human I met. Buddy, I had a thousand questions for him. Mm -hmm. I bet. I was like, so uh, you're the first one. <laughs> so. Okay, so I, I apologize. You kind of know me a little bit now. This is how this is going to go. And just like listening to the commitment, the discipline, and everything, nothing but respect. But Kyle, you're not the only LDS member that's on the show today. Manti Teo will be joining okay. us. Okay. Yeah, Manti Teo will be joining us in the third hour on YouTube and ESPN+. Plus. Obviously, Notre Dame, Ohio State this weekend. Can't wait to get his thoughts on what South Bend's going to be like, where we will be live tomorrow with uh, Coach Marcus Freeman. What? Uh, Coach Lou Holtz. What? Aaron Rodgers. What? And I believe there's a chance, you know, if we're able, depending upon how the schedule goes, uh, I think Shane Gillis is going to oh, be picking you. Yes! Wow. What I a think, great day. We'll see how, it, if the schedules line up, I think there's That'll a That'll be while we're on ESPN SM. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that <laughs> what? Was, yeah. He's that not going uh, to be the last hour. Yeah. Quick five at 1.45? We'll hopefully, everything works out for that to happen. I watched his special last yeah, night. Yeah, hopefully he'll oh, be man. awake. Yeah, well, his yeah. special was great. Special was great. So he's in Bloomington, Indiana tonight, I believe. Ooh. So then he's traveling to South Bend, which is like a three and a half, four hour drive. Yeah. Probably mm -hmm. from one Just to the about. Other. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? We'll see. And also, what is Aaron? When? Right. You know, yeah. And coach. And, you know, so like we're going to try to piece it together. Tomorrow should be a big show. Anybody that'll come join us out there, we are incredibly thankful for. Don't feel obligated. Also, bring your own water. Please. Bring your own water. Yes. Should be too hot tomorrow. Get a jug. I don't know. But we don't know. I do not know. It's supposed to be nice. Bring your own water. Stay hydrated. Bro, yeah. we get yelled at. Yes. I do, and I feel terrible. I just turn around, they're like, water. 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 I'm like, all right. Uh, we need to go to Walmart. Yeah, what do we? Go, well, how do we get enough water? It'll be in the 80s, so bring your water. Yeah, bring some water. We'll have like five cases, I think, that hopefully we'll be able to give out. But that seems to run very quickly yes. in these events. And more people have shown up at these shows than I could have ever imagined. I was scared to death to do these shows uh, in front of a crowd because there's nothing that looks worse. Especially, we're going to ESPN, so all these people that hate us and have hated us for mm -hmm. a long time is it? No way there. Oh, Everybody hates No them. one likes these guys. Tuscaloosa, the people are incredible. Yep. Yeah. Boulder, the people are incredible. So good. I'm assuming South Bend is going to be pretty fantastic, especially because so. Coach Freeman's going to be on. Mm -hmm. Coach Lou Holtz is going to be there. A.J. Hawk, obviously, with Ohio State people coming yep. into town. I'd say. Should be an incredible day tomorrow. We appreciate it. Manti Teo will tell us about that today. And also, we have not gotten to properly address... How he got bamboozled. Yes. No. Kyle, you yeah, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he got bamboozled. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Should they not have told his story a long time ago? Like, immediately after it happened, that might have changed some things? Because that documentary that came out, was it, like, last year? Last mm -hmm. year, yeah, The Untold. Last year, The Untold comes out, and mm -hmm. he started, like, he, he talked to this person. 
he he there's people that legitimized this person for yeah. him that he trusted and yes. like was friends they were like very real person all cousin that. and I, everybody's like this guy's a dipshit but now yeah. that we know like catfishing happens on a very regular basis that was kind of at the beginning of how he got paid i think we should have came out a long time ago and told mm -hmm. that guy's story and i think too if it came out nowadays with ai i think oh. he would have had his back a little bit more, more yeah yes. i think you so know? oh yeah I, I just truly believe that so it, it it was just 10 years too early but i think the way it's gone now, the team is finally rallying behind him. Okay, I think so side. too. I think he is very much like not just the team. I think the world is behind yeah. him. And if you've seen him on his, uh, hey, man, oh man, yoked has Pro not lost properly. it properly, John. Yeah. yeah. Well, he is yeah. Polly. It runs in their blood. Like, yeah, Ooze is, Ooze is obviously Ooze is, dogs yeah. since the beginning of time. Yep. But, like, he is... Yeah, shredded. Looks like bodybuilder type thing. Properly, right Josh. Full fam. Yeah, I'm very excited. He and I have been DMing a little bit. Uh, obviously, I was in Hawaii, and I threw up a shaka on mm -hmm. an Instagram story. And he says, looking good, Ooze. And I'm like, he's called me Ooze. Wow. <laughs> okay, that means we're friends. That means we're friends. And then ever since then, we started chatting. We appreciate him. Travis Kelsey will be joining us today, obviously. Nick Saban will be joining us today. Ooh. Michael Lombardi will be joining us today. There's so much to chat about with so many people. Let's just dive right in. And don't want to do this, okay? This is not a fun story. We like to have fun here. Yeah. Yes. Like to have a good time. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. Sports are a blast. Yeah. So much fun. You go to games, even before games, people are having more fun than they have the rest of the week. You go into the stadium, people are having a lot of fun. Now there is going to be a couple, ha ha. Yeah. And there was a devastating one up there in New England, obviously, this past weekend. Mm -hmm. So there is some negativity, but mostly people's happiest moments are coming from sports. Yeah. That's just how it is. That's how it was where I grew up. That's how it was where a lot of people grew up. Mm -hmm. Sports bring happiness. So we try to bring that. But there's something going on in Chicago right now where it is like, what the hell is going on up there? Now, yesterday, there was obviously some press conferences that stole some headlines where Justin Fields uh, called himself robotic and whenever he was watching self-tape or self-scout, and then he said coaching was potentially one of the reasons why the way he delivered it wasn't as bad as it was whenever it was quoted on the internet and kind of spread everywhere. But still, he had to come out and apologize afterwards. Eberflus, last week going into the Tampa game very late, said, I'm going to be calling to plays for the defense because defense coordinator Alan Williams is out for a personal reason, okay? It kind of gets defense coordinator, head coach doing it doesn't really feel like that big of a story then boom yesterday fbi raids mm. alan williams former defense coordinator of the chicago bears house and then also hollis hall got raided by the fbi and it was like okay whoa what a day in chicago you got the uh, quarterback and the coaches potentially at odds mm -hmm. you got the quarterback apologizing team has stunk is stinking and appears to Stink in the future. Yes. Hope hope that's not – you got the Chiefs this weekend. So, I mean, it's not like, hey, bounce back game. Here we go to yeah. get past things. You got the reigning, defending, undisputed world champions. But then you start learning more about the FBI raid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is very, very serious. Then Ian Rappaport comes out and he says, just to clarify some things, there was no FBI raid on Hallis Hall today. The league is not involved. And Peanut Tillman, who works for the FBI in Chicago, is not involved whatsoever in this matter. Okay, but what he left out there was, did an FBI raid happen at Alan Williams' house? Now it has been speculated, and his attorney has come out and said that there was no crime that has taken place, and unequivocally answered these questions saying nothing went wrong with my potential client. But anytime you hear about an FBI raid happening, you assume that there's some smoke, there's a fire. We will say, I, I mean, we've been sued for a lot of stuff, but our sources have told us, yep. okay, have told me that an FBI raid did happen on defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bear, Allen Williamson's house. And I think as soon as you hear that, immediately everybody thinks about, you know, what have you heard about 
houses being FBI raided before. Mm -hmm. There's obviously very, very, very serious, disgusting allegations uh, yep. that potentially could be in play here. There's also potential drugs, right, that could be in play sure. here. There could be some other stuff taking place. Nonetheless, he has resigned from the Chicago Bears quickly. He has been removed, and all the conversation around him has kind of been very distant. The Bears have kind of just said, it's a personal matter. They're mm -hmm. dealing with it. They're doing their whole thing. So we will see how this all turns out. Not a good time in Chicago for the Bears. I would like to say, as somebody that played on a team where Alan Williams was the coach, uh, I could never have expected what some of these outcomes could mm -hmm. be from him, but I don't think anybody ever expects that from somebody that is successful and potentially gets caught up in a situation where the house is getting FBI raided. Calvin, no, I believe he was also a coach on a team you were on? Yeah, he was a coach. He was the safeties coach when I was around. I'm the same boat as you. I didn't expect anything like that to come out either. About anything, anything. with Alan Williams. Mm -hmm. that, that's like a real deal. And uh, coach, he's been around. This guy's coached, uh, I think, in... Indianapolis, Minnesota, Detroit. Uh, he's in Chicago now. He's been Man. around the NFL a long time. Yeah. Like, I, I think a lot of people are probably. Good coach, great reputation. I mean. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people, I think, are very surprised. So, like, mm -hmm. the Internet's obviously going to immediately say, like, uh, you know, because, I mean, if the FBI is right and everybody thinks of them taking computers, why they take right. computers? Because things that are on computers. Yeah. Yes. You know, so then as soon yeah. as you think of that, you're like, that takes me back. Like, I was here whenever Fogel's house mm -hmm. got raided here. There was helicopters in the sky, choppers in the sky, and then everything took place. It was like, the subway guy that happened to? And that's what the internet, I think, automatically jumped to. Yeah. But I think if you listen to the way his attorney is talking, it almost sounds like there's, because they keep saying personal and health. I And it sounds terrible to even speculate on this, but I think there's also a chance that this is maybe like, drug pill, mm -hmm. pharmaceutical, maybe, you know, like oh, yeah. something like that, which is not, obviously it's not the, what is being assumed by a lot of people, but that's also terrible. And who knows how many different departments are going to be involved in that whole thing. It's just out of Chicago yesterday, one of the worst news days for a sports yeah. team in history, I think at this point. Yeah. I mean, and we looked before the show or I looked up because, you know, anytime you hear drugs, you, you would assume like, oh, well, where's the difference between FBI and DEA? And I guess DEA is like a, single mission type thing so if it is like a, a doctor who is writing false prescriptions for a bunch of people and he just so happened to be caught up in that like that would fall under the fbi's jurisdiction so certainly possible i mean it stinks that everyone automatically assumes oh hey this has got to be some sort of child pornography thing because that's terrible so and you that's, just said it yeah well uh, right but every, everyone's saying it but it is yeah. an assumption on the internet it is anytime it is. you hear about it and, and it's tough because you know even if that's like an assumption i feel like sometimes it's like you don't recover from that, even if that is not what's going on at all. Like just having that kind of hung above your head. And so, it could be, by the way, it, it we have no be, idea. For sure. We're just saying with the way the attorney's talking, though, the attorney is talking, and granted, this is how attorneys are going to talk, but I believe the last name was Stroth. Dan Stroth. Ooh. Mm. Andrew Stroth. Ooh. Mm. I just looked him up. Anyways, he's talking like, yeah, no crime. Uh, Andrew Stroff. Andrew. Mm -hmm. There you go. Hell yeah, a lot of names happening. Thank you for that question. There's absolutely no criminal activity. Stroth yeah. emphasized that strongly and unequivocally. So, like, I think he believes from what's happened, there's a way out. Like, what my, what coach did here right. isn't, like, we'll be able to do it. He might just be saying the complete lie, though, because yeah. he's an attorney and trying to represent somebody. We have no idea, but we know not good, obviously. Yeah, I, I also saw, I was just looking at a tweet right now, that he said it was due to health concerns and family issues. So, Which, who, yeah, who knows? Also possible. Yeah, but so, who knows? All I know is uh, Iberflus has got to coach a team now, yeah. mm -hmm. and they got to play a little football, and uh, they got the Chiefs in a few days. Mm. Not exactly the perfect team to have this type of situation, and not that any 
time, this situation's good, but it's like things could get real bad real quick. Joining us now is a guy who's been around the NFL for how long? Uh, 40 plus. 40 mm-hmm. plus years. Yeah. He he's. I think he currently has like a class mm-hmm. that yeah. he Gridiron. put together for people to kind of learn a little bit about the ins and outs of how the NFL operates. He put out a tweet yesterday like, hey, if you want to learn how to do football, yeah. just give it Go ahead and reply with a football emoji yeah. and just your name or whatever. And then all of a sudden, that thing got 2,000 retweets and people were like, and Lombardi was like, whoa, oh, yeah. whoa, okay. Can't keep up with everybody. Here's the link. The man's brain is fantastic. We appreciate getting a chance to chat with him every single week. The host of Lombardi Line, uh, the, the founder of the uh, Daily Coach, which is a newsletter, a TED Talker, mm-hmm. an author. Obviously, his book is out right now. It's sitting on the shelf. Uh, football done right. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah, Lombardi. Thank you, Pat. Good to be here, guys. Good to be here. Good week three. I'm looking forward to it. Hell looking yeah. forward to you being in South Bend too. I can tell you that big game. A huge let me, game. Let me ask. Let me say that. Let me ask you this question. You're supposed to ask me, but I want to ask you. Okay, if Sam right. Hartman plays as good as he's been playing, you think he's got a chance to win the Heisman? Okay, of course, because he's going to be on primetime TV. So if he plays as good yeah. as he has been playing, that means Notre Dame's going to win a lot of games. They beat Ohio State here mm-hmm. on this particular game, and Sam Hartman has one immediately into the conversation, especially yeah. because Notre Dame folks have been yearning oh, yeah. for a Heisman-like yeah. player for a long time. What Marcus Freeman has done, I think he's been fantastic. I asked Sam yep. Hartman when he uh, buzzed in on game day, I'm like, I assume there's a lot of schools. Like, Think of Alabama Sam Hartman. I mean, yeah. just like there was probably a lot of schools that were wanting Sam Hartman services out of Wake. Why'd you choose Notre Dame? And he was like, well, Coach Freeman was like the guy. Like, I want to go play for him. That's <laughs> that's a weapon to have. But, yes, I think he will go in there. Hey, here, let me ask you a question now. Because they're saying uh, Caleb is number one, Drake May number two. Now it's who's QB three for the next NFL draft. And I think, you know, Shador's dad is Deion Sanders. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that is also a much more important factor for people that are making actual decisions as opposed to maybe pundits that are kind of talking about things. Who is that, do you think? And do you think the Caleb Drake one is the accurate order where we stand right now? You know, I'm not sure it is the accurate order. What I'm enjoying about this college football season, every time I change the channel, there's a good quarterback on Mm -hmm. Michael Penix up at Washington. I mean, uh, Cameron Wade at Washington State. No one talks about him. They, he put 50-some on Colorado State. He was incredible. And so I, I just think it's really going to take the whole season. And these games, are like Sanders this week going into Eugene, you know, going there, uh, having to play them, that's going to be a tough game. Sam Hartman, Ohio State at home. Those are the kind of games you want to evaluate. One thing about college football when you're evaluating – there's certain games you pay no attention to because the level of comp is so dramatically different. So guys are going to look good against that. But when you get really good level of comp, one's really good against really good, that's the best evaluation. So Hartman against Ohio State, Sanders against Oregon, that's going to be great. You know, you got so much of this. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited, and I like watching May. I really am intrigued by May. I can't wait to keep watching him as the year goes on. Big. He's a big son of a bitch. That that yeah. is. I think whenever people see him when he comes into these meetings, I think they're gonna be like, "Damn!" Did not because of how athletic he is and how smooth he is. He is very. And I hate doing this, but it's like a Josh Allen type. Yeah, a little you know bit. What I mean? It's like mm-hmm. a Josh Allen yeah. feel with how big he is. Now, will he be able to finish the season how he played at the beginning of last year and how he's playing now? I think so. I like the cut of his gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like. And then Caleb is electrifying. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is absolutely. No question. Lightning. All right, let's move into he, some. He's the real deal. He would have been the first pick in this draft. I think there's no question about that. Had he been able to come out 
He would have been picked ahead of Bryce Young. He would have been the first pick. And I'll go on the limb and say the Bears would have picked him. And traded Justin Fields. Let's go into that. So right now, there's a lot going on in Chicago. Yeah. You know, you got the FBI raid in the house. Our sources have told us that that is taking place. That is true, even though the internet said it was true, that it's not true. We don't know the facts. Who knows the facts? Well, we've been told by a couple people now that his house did get raided. So the FBI is involved. That means, I assume... They have a pretty yeah. good lead on mm-hmm. something. You know, they're saying like the oh, beginning yeah. of an investigation. This feels like it's a little bit later in the investigation, but let's just leave that aside as we talk about football. Then you got Justin Fields saying something and kind of getting taken out of context, <laughs> but he certainly said it. And then he has to apologize for it. Then you got Eberflus having to deal down with the quarterback and the coach relationship and your coaches. How do you think you're doing? And then you got the Chiefs coming up. How, how do you, how do you, uh, yeah. if you're in that building, what is the mindset and how do you move on pretty much? Well, and then you got your left tackles on IR. You lose him. Your left guard's already on IR, so you're moving people around. You lose Eddie Jackson. You lose your best nickel corner, and you lose another corner. I mean, it's really falling apart there. And so all you could do is try to improve a little bit. Uh, you've got to try to circle the wagons and try to improve a little bit. Just take it one, one, one day at a time and try to block out the noise. Hard to do. I really get that. You know, for Fields, he stroked that fire a little bit. Look, the numbers don't lie. The guy has started 27 games. He's played in 29. His numbers over that span have not been good. Now, he has a lot of people defend him, and that's fine. Everybody should have defense attorneys. However, (laughs) when you watch that tape, if you and I sat down and watched that tape together, there's a lot of plays that Luke Getzey called that didn't get executed, that the ball wasn't thrown. He took sacks. He missed throws. You know, my question to all these Twitter coaches (laughs) <laughs> that are out there diagramming plays, all that. You know, the brilliance of all those, the the Sid Gilmans on Twitter, is what plays are you calling for Fields? What plays are you going to call? Ask Chuck Pagano if he's in the building today. What plays do you think? He's in the building. He knows it. He's smart. He knows it. What plays are you going to call? Getsy's getting blamed for that. I don't know Luke Getsy from the man on the moon. I don't know him from the man on the moon. I've never met him. Oh, yeah. Happened. Happened. Man on the moon happened. Okay, got it. That's Okay, so like, I don't know him, but I know he's trying to get completions and his sheet that he's looking at is small because there's not a lot of throws he can make that are completions. So he calls screens to get him going a little bit. You know, to me, that's the issue. Look at his numbers. His numbers do not lie. And you know me, I'm not from the analytical world, but the analytics say it's not good. The eye test says it's not good. And, and this is the fundamental problem in, in the NFL. This is where civil wars start in the NFL. And Chuck can verify this. The coach thinks the player's bad. The personnel guys sitting next to the owner think the player's great. He just needs to run a different offense. You know, we just need a different offense for Justin. And there, there starts the civil war. When in reality, when we were at the Raiders, Al always wanted a player to play, and we all knew he couldn't play. So we were unified on one front. We didn't have that problem, even though we had to play some guys we shouldn't have played, but that was a separate issue. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty simple decision, though. I was making the decision. You guys are moving on. That's work. That's business. The Fields conversation, though, this offseason got real loud, real loud. You know, Dan, yeah. Dan Orlovsky said he was going to win the MVP. Oh, yeah. And oh, you, I know. And oh, I heard it. I heard it. He also doesn't have Joe Montana's top five quarterback, so <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there today. Dan knows that you know that, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dan, yeah. Dan is very aware of how you feel about that, but you've been banging this drum for a long time, and then lo and behold, the first two weeks, Justin Fields looks worse than he did last year, and I think if you're asking us what play we're going to run, I think we have him do this, right? Don't we? I mean, we he's our guy, right? Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. I but, think so. but Chuck will tell you, they're, uh, watch the Tampa game. They played them inside out. 
they were not going to give them the edges. They were going to say, look, if you're going to run the ball, you're going to have to run it between the tackles and you're going to get hurt doing that. Like Todd Bowles just didn't wake up yesterday. He just like he understood the plan before the plan. Like we're going to keep this guy in the pocket. We're not going to give him any of these runs and we're going to make him have to first play of the game. He runs in a, a dig. Great throw in, inside. OK, Bowles is saying to himself, I want to see if you can do that 25 more times. I want to see if you can do that 25 more times. You did it once. I want to see. And Bowles knew he couldn't. And so he played. He didn't panic. He just played his defense. And he got him. Look, anytime you walk into a quarterback room, there are places on the field a quarterback cannot take a sack. Okay, he cannot take a sack. When you have the ball at your own 30-yard line, at the opponent's 30, and it's third and seven, and you got to get a first down, you take a sack there, it goes from being a 47-yard field goal to a 54-yard field goal. You can't take one. What did he do? He held the ball. Like, there's things that have to happen that just don't happen. You can blame Getsy all you want. They'll bring another coach in next year. It won't change. Well, who knows if that's the case, too, because with everything happening now with Coach Allen Williams, and that's an Eberflus' oh. title, and if they don't, I mean, there's like, who knows what that revolving door in Chicago could potentially continue to look like. Let's move on, though. Let's talk about week three kicking off, which we're all excited yeah. about. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Yeah, Lombo, obviously Saquon's not going to go tonight, but uh, do you think that the Giants are back on track after their second half in Arizona, after looking just abysmal for the first six quarters of the season? Obviously, Air, uh, um San Francisco is going to be very tough, but do you think the Giants kind of proved enough in that second half that convinces you that they're yeah. back? Well, I mean, I think they showed mental fortitude and they showed toughness, right? They needed to do that. You know, the level of comp. There's certain teams in the league that are what I call time teams. Like Arizona's a 50-minute team. Two weeks in a row now, they've played good for 50 minutes. They can't play the fourth quarter. And, and so what, what happens in the fourth quarter? Well, the fourth quarter, you have to throw the ball when the other team knows you have to throw it. You have to run it when the other team knows you have to run it. And you've got to defend those two things. Arizona cannot do that. So they lose the fourth quarter. And that's the problem. They're going to keep doing that. So what the Giants did was take advantage of it, and they deserve credit. It's going to be harder this week. Without their Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, the right tackle's not playing well. They're going to have to run Andrew Jones, he, uh, Dan, Daniel Jones. He's going to have to be the six-back runner in this offense. I think it's going to be really hard for them. They didn't play. They have not played well defensively up until the second half. But I think tonight they will, but it's always so hard on a short week. Kyle's offense is impossible to defend because especially when you're Don Martindale and you've got a lot of blitzes and you want to run different things, he moves players from point A to point B. It changes a lot for you. And so you almost he keeps you simple, and it's very challenging. Okay, so let's talk about the Niners. Let's talk about that team. Now, the defense, obviously, incredible. I don't think Bosa's sacks have been at where everybody just expected them to be immediately upon coming back, but we all know that could change at any given moment, at any given time. The Jungle Cat can pick up four sacks if he really wants to. This San Francisco 49ers team feels to be a wagon again. You see it the same way? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And Purdy missed a couple throws last week that he probably wouldn't make. I thought Jennings came off the bench for Ayuk and played really well. Yeah, they're really hard to defend because they put you in base and they still have five eligible. And that's the hard thing to do. If you start studying this league a little bit this year, you're seeing more teams that play under center that are having more success, making more explosive plays. The shotgun teams, even Baltimore's been under center more with Lamar than they've ever had in the past. I think there's a trend going back that way. Dallas under center more. Because it gives you a little bit more versatility within your offense and your formation group. Cincinnati, all shotgun, all three receivers. You know, we got Chase, who's one of the best receivers in football. He's got 10 catches for 70 yards. Yeah, that's 70 yards a catch. 
So I think that's where we're seeing a little bit of a movement there. People know how to defend the spread a little better. And I, I just think San Francisco, because they get five eligible out of base personnel, is really hard. And they move them around. They're simple for the offense. They're complex for the defense. Oh, less thinking. More athlete takeover. Uh-huh. Hey, ten and a half tonight. Ten and a half tonight, Lombo. It feels like a lot, but it's also – It does. Doesn't it? It feels like a lot, Lombo. Yeah, I, I, I can't – Thursday nights for me are not nowhere to go. The only thing I know about Thursday night is Al Michaels will have the greatest knot tied for his tie that you'll ever see i mean he's on a hit streak he's on a tie streak he has he should teach how to tie a tie on instagram it's the greatest knot you're ever going to see so i don't know how to tie a tie people people will be surprised by this (laughs) i have no idea how to tie a tie like every every, i've tried it's the greatest well, I don't LDS know how Herbie doesn't just stare probably. at it the whole time. I don't know how Herbie doesn't stare at it the whole time. Well, I think he does. That's how Herbie lost all that weight. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's hard to eat when you're hypnotized by the <laughs> double. What is it? A double Windsor? What do they call them? Triple yeah, it's a double, double Windsor. Windsor. Double yeah. Windsor. Yeah. That's what I'm talking double, about. Yeah. yeah, he's got a black diamond tied up there. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's Al Michaels. Of course, he knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of LDS Thursday and ties, I assume you guys. Is that what you were trying to say? You guys just wore ties all the time? Yeah, I could help you. But I got a question for you, Mike. Um, I just learned a lot about ODS right there. Yeah. So we're wearing it every oh, day. Kyle, we, could, yeah. we got another Patriot in the house. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I actually a dolphin and a Detroit Lion that everyone forgets. I, will, I was there. Hell I yeah. was sitting my ass we, on we the bench. From, I get it. From Detroit, we we, we, do, we knew what to do with you. We took you from Detroit. Hell yeah. I do appreciate that. Speaking of that, uh, I, want, I want to talk about the Patriots real quick. Uh, they have a tough game against the Jets. Uh, they, they could fall to 0-3, which is not good. Can you explain <laughs> to the people about uh, how Bill could potentially be missing a guy like Ernie Adams and what that has meant for that organization? Ernie Adams was a huge success with Bill, and I don't think it's been talked about enough with Ernie huh. Adams leaving. Can you Can you expand on that? Yeah. I think all, I mean, first of all, you know, Kyle, from being around Bill, Bill's a great listener. So yeah. Bill will listen to people, but you've got to have information. You just can't come in there and say some ridiculous thing and think he's going to listen to you. you. You got to back it up with facts. And he and Ernie go back to playing at Anover together. So they have such a great relationship. And he can give Bill an idea about maybe something that Bill can't see. When you watch the Patriots, right, That they – they have more negative plays than any team in the league. They move the ball to the 50, and then they sputter out, and they turn the ball over. And they haven't been able to run the football at all, which Stevenson was a 1,000-yard back last year. Their offensive line has been in flux. They've played so many young players. But where they've really hurt themselves is, and you've heard him say this in many meetings, is they have not avoided losing. And you can't avoid losing. You have to avoid losing before you can win. And I think that's their biggest issue. And Ernie certainly would know that. Bill knows that. That They have hurt themselves with negative plays, turnovers, penalties. And when you do that, especially when you have the ball on the other side of the field, they move the ball against Miami, and then they sputter out and they turn it over. I mean, the first drive of the game, they're sitting there across the midfield, turnover, a sack, they don't pick up the blitz. Those are the problems you can't overcome. And I think certainly they've got to get that fixed, but it starts with their offensive line. They've got to get that line fixed. They have to get better up front. Well, they couldn't stop the run last year, right? Now the offensive line can't protect or move anybody. I mean, that's a trenches mentality. Maybe Ernie was like, 
the guy who's like, hey, Ben, right here, offensive line. Mm -hmm. We got no trenches in this entire thing. How is Bill able to do what you've described? And then I heard Judon talking about it, and I assume Kyle Van Noy would say the same thing. Allegedly, and you've said this before, so there's going to be some people that have heard this again, but allegedly Bill can forecast what a game's going to be. And Judon, who's only been there for a couple years, I forget who he was talking to. Maybe it was a McCourty. I forget if it was a McCourty. I think it was a McCourty. Sunday night. Sunday night football McCourty. And he goes like – Bill is telling us exactly what's going to happen in the game. And then when it hap- the game happens, it's like it's amazing. exactly it what I mean, it is. Then how come we're not winning right now? You know what I mean? Like, I think oh that's yeah. like. Well, the- because then, then what happens on Monday is here's what I told you guys. And you get that we've done it your way. It doesn't work. We're going to start doing it my way now. You know, it's like that's what gives them credibility on the Monday meeting. Look, this is what we talked about. We didn't do it. We didn't back it up. We've got to do it. I think NFL film should How's he film know? on Sunday How's meeting. he know? How's he know? How's He's he got know? the script. He has a great ability of understanding. <laughs> Kyle, the Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> LDS Thursday. Bill's got the script. That's bullshit. We know he had the camera, didn't he? He was yeah. making movies. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Wasn't well, against the rules. You were there. Look, look he, so you. I think he's, he knows he's prepared for what they're going to do. He knows the tendencies. He understands the coach that he's competing against. He knows what the adjustments are. So he can pretty well feel like he knows that if he goes into the Meadowlands and doesn't turn the ball over and he's able to come out of there with a clean game, no penalties and all that, the game, it'll be a close game into the fourth quarter and he's got to force it. You know, he knows that Salah's defense, he studied this defense. We played it in the Super Bowl in 14. So they understand how to attack the defense. I'm not saying it's going to be successful, but all those <laughs> things on. kind of lay out the game. And that's what he tries to do. And he, and he basically teaches a history lesson of the opponent. Kyle will tell you, you when you're done playing a team, you know exactly what that team was. Is that right, Kyle? It's pretty good. He's pretty accurate. When he when he's forecasting, it's it's elite. And that's what they really? said. They said it's like stupid. Like yeah. everybody has been like, if you were to sit in these meetings and you would just hear him basically just say. They should be. I, I've got notes from every one that I was in, and it's remarkable. Like to the Super Bowl, the one in, the one in Atlanta. Now, the Atlanta one – you know, we Kyle will tell you, we practiced two-point plays because we thought we needed to extend the lead. We had two Thursday and Friday practices, five minutes each, on two-point plays for that game because we thought we needed to extend the lead. But what happened was we needed to catch up, so they benefited us the other way. Oh, so Bill didn't know. That's right. Okay. I just heard about one game. I heard about one game. You know what I mean? That's what Andy Reid and the Chiefs are trying to catch right now. Good luck. I assume Andy Reid still has the same type of thing, and his creative offense is going to be something that will continue to be great. But, like, that 20-year run, bro. Man. I mean, it's so long. So many different careers came and gone while the Patriots were still just winning. Now, obviously, the Internet is saying – that's because they had Tom Brady. Yeah, now, hey, we're not getting yeah. into it. Uh, Chuck Pagano has a question for you, Paisan. Lombo. Hey, so the fullback is like uh, an extinct species now in the National Football mm-hmm. League, but we're going to see a great one tonight, right? And Kyle Juszczyk. We know that down at Miami, Mike McDaniel is a disciple. He comes from the Shanahan tree. He uses one. Why aren't more people okay, use, using a fullback? Why do they decide to run 21 personnel? Why will we see so much 21 personnel tonight? Why aren't more people doing it? Are they, are they just not being used in, in college anymore? You can't find these guys. It seems like 
Kyle and, and Mike yeah. McDonough and Mick's, figured it out. Uh, Lambeau's sons using them in Raiders. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And then Ricard, yeah. right? Ricard, Ricard and the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, look, I think That's the nice. best teams in the league are going to – look, here's the problem. Most teams don't even practice against two-back runs. They don't know how to fit against two-back runs. If you try to get ready for San Francisco and their two-back runs in three days, it's going to be hard to understand your fits. You're going to give up big runs. I, yeah, Chuck, I don't know. I've been preaching it. I think when everybody zigs, you need to zag. And Sing, I think you need to go back it. the other way. Yeah. Boom. Sunset, I think you ha- said that. You, you've got to be able to do that. And I think teams don't don't play – like nobody plays run defense like they did 10 years ago. It's like a punt return. Everybody runs to their gap and stays in their lane. You put two backs in the backfield, it's a different game. I agree. I would do it. And your play-action game. Like New England can't make any big – last year they finished fourth in the league in big, big plays. This year they're the worst team in the league. They can't make a play over 10 yards. Last year they were in a little bit more two back. You got to have play action. You got to separate the defense to get some of those routes down the field, especially on drive starters. You know, drive starters are the most important play of anything because if you start a drive with a twenty yard gain, you got a, a, a really good chance of scoring. I'd say if you start a drive with a two yard gain, you got a really good chance of punting. Yeah, yeah. That's, so I'm watching. You know, that drive first. starters. Right. Drive starters are so big. How, how do you start drives with play action pass? Shots down the field. That's what makes Kyle so good. And then he alters it every week. You know, instead of running the over, he runs the over out. He runs something different that gives it, and it, the quarterback, it's easy read for the quarterback. Do you feel like, uh, excuse me, do you feel like, um, you know, the Giants and Wink's, uh, Wink's defense, like Michael McFadden, he's not like the biggest inside linebacker. Okariki is doing a nice job. Oh, Kerry K. Oh, Kerry K. Listen, they bamboozled me, but (laughs) you got no excuse. But the rub routes, the crossing routes, as much man as Wink wants to play, you see some issues there for for Wink and that yeah. defense. He's got two rookie corners out there. Oh, Chuck, what are you saying? To, it sounds trying, like to, Chuck. It sounds like you're yeah. thinking that the Giants are in a tough. It's a hard. It's a hard matchup because he's going to make sure that Wink has to make an adjustment and his communication is going to have to be really good. And that's a hard thing. You know, I think that's one of the issues in Cincinnati defensively. He lost both starting safeties. His communication, as you know, Chuck. You know, when you have a safety that can get you lined up, why did Jim Leonard play as long as he did in the career? Because he got everything lined up for, Ch- for for Rex Ryan. He could make all the calls on the field. That's a hard thing. And I think Wink's going to have to make sure he's really sound in that area. And the problem is, if he doesn't do what he has to do and, blit- and the, the run the defense, you know, he's not as talented as they are. They'll find a weakness within his coverage, and then he'll exploit it. It sounds like you think that the Giants are in for a long night tonight, Chuck. That's what I just heard out of those questions you asked. Yeah, I mean, this is third – I mean – Third-rated uh, rushing offense in the in the National Football League right now. San Fran. Does. Okay. The Giants are 26th. In they run give defense. Up 100, no, and giving up the uh, yeah. run. 135 yeah. yards a game. They, they give up. All right, we got to fix your microphone too. You yep. came out. You're saying good stuff. We need to get it, that fixed. Uh, I, I, I think check. the key to the game <laughs> is for, for really when it, to beat Kyle, to beat this scheme, you can't play from behind. You have to force him into a dropback pass game. You have to force him into trying to get away from play action pass and make it a drop back because then you got a chance to attack his offensive line and power the quarterback. There are very few drop back passes in their scheme. But if they can run the football and they have balance, then it's hard to get to them. It's hard to kind of take advantage of their one area because they go small up front, even though Banks is a big guy and Williams is a big guy. I mean, typically they are not a great pass protecting team in drop back. They are really good in run back. 
and Brock Purdy feels like just the perfect quarterback for yep. everything out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not going to. I assume the eight hundred ninety-seven thousand is what he's getting paid. Like he feels like a guy too. Very thankful for his opportunity. Just wants to play ball, win mm-hmm. games. Like they're going to be able to take advantage of this for. A foreseeable future, I do believe, which mm-hmm. is good for them. Speaking of a team that needs to take advantage of some stuff, Tone Diggs has a question for you. Yeah, Lombo, there's two teams yeah. playing this weekend who are both 0-2 in the in the Vikings and in Chargers. Uh, <laughs> d- does that does does it matter for either team, or is their glaring weaknesses so far in the season even matter going forward, or are they done already? Well, I don't think they're done. I mean, the, the Chargers are giving up way too many big plays. I mean, they, they lead the league in allowing big plays, and this is tough. They played Jefferson this week with Cousins, and their pass rush hasn't really dominated. I mean, they lost that game. It was inexcusable to lose that game. They got the ball, you know, in midfield at 49 seconds to go with the two-minute warning, and they don't run enough plays to get it in the end zone. They should have ended that game then. Instead, they had the ball first. They had the ball first and ten at their own fourteen with fifty-one seconds. And Staley went into he went into the locker. He went into overtime with one tight timeout in his pocket. Yeah, like you got to take shots in the end zone. You you got to run a better two-minute drill. And then they come out in the two-minute. They come out in overtime and they throw three incomplete passes. The next thing you know, you know they lose the game. They have nobody to blame but themselves. And Minnesota is just not talented enough on defense. I think it'll be a really good game. I think the Chargers can win this game because I think the Chargers' offense, I don't even know if Eckler plays. I doubt he's going to play. It doesn't sound like it. There's enough there to give a lot of trouble to the Minnesota Vikings defense, which isn't very talented, but they play hard. I mean, they tried everything against Philly. They just couldn't hold up in the run. They were a gap short in the run game. They gave it away, and Philly was disciplined enough to keep running it. Mm-hmm. Vikings still covered, though. I mean, let's not forget that. Yep. You know, we got a nice little graphic for Chuck who called that last week, obviously coming up here in the next couple hours. Do you think Chargers are missing, uh, missing an edge? An edge rush guy? <laughs> well, they got the two highest paid edge rush guys in the league. They got Bosa and Mack. Yeah, but I mean, they got to get. There's a glue they gotta guy. Get better. They got to. A leader you know, they guy. They give up way too many Why big plays. Yeah, he, he, he's a Mormon. There, there, are a lot of. I mean, look, Kyle will tell you. Yeah, Kyle that's, would. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. That's who we're talking Kendrick, about. And then, and then Kendricks. I mean, Kendricks was hurt last week. See, when Kyle's the fifth rusher, when Kyle's the fifth rusher, that's when Kyle's the best. That's when he's really the best because then he fits on the rush and he ends up with the right matchup. You know, that's where he that's where I think early in his career by trying to make him a fourth rusher. This is not a knock on him, but the fifth rusher, people don't understand the difference between the fourth and fifth rusher. Some guys are, you know, Micah Parsons is a great rusher, period. But when he's the fifth rusher, oh, man, he's even better because he fits on the rush and he knows how to work his way through the pocket. Oh, that was that really, loop, it, it, the loop swoop and it's pull. It's an instinctive yeah. thing. He did that. Early, he, that's actually the highlight of the weekend yeah. Yeah. where Micah, a little game. Up and uh, from the outside up to the middle, and then he crawled for 15 yards yep. faster than most people can sprint. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a different animal. Kyle, is that a compliment or we hate him for what he just said? Uh, okay, it's hard to guys. say. I think I think it's a, a, a double edged sword. It's one one thing to say like. I understand what he's saying. I'm a matchup problem, but at the other time, it's kind of like knocking a little bit, saying I can't rush. But <laughs> I can, no, my, you know, Lombo. So, you highlight all players. It's out here Thursday. Jeez, Lombo. All players are better when they're put in the right system that Agreed. matches their Agreed. skill set. Agreed. Or on the field. Yeah, free agent. You know, still a free agent. He's taking on Connor later. Let's see if he's still got <laughs> full pads. It's going to yep. take place. Speaking of Connor, Connor has a question for you, Lombo. Yeah, Lombo, uh, you're Italian, so I'm sure a lot of people reached out to you. Hey, your tone. 
Your tongue. Tread what, light. What, what, tread tread light. Tongue. Didn't care I said for you're that. Italian. All right. That's, well, not, that's how, how you said it. I mean, look, he just told Kyle Van Noy he sucks at football. That's so how you really going to stand up for <laughs> I Lombardi? Did I did not. That's exactly what you did, Lombardi. And that's okay no, no, to stand no. by I, I, stand by your words, my friend. put words in my mouth. I'm, I put them in there. I, you know, I, I, I do it myself. Yeah. So go ahead. Sure. What you got? Okay. I'm just saying that's what it sounded like. That's what everyone's saying is that you hate Kyle Van Noy. But when it comes <laughs> – to gambling, of course, you are a master at it. Last week, you had the Titans. That was a great call. There's another thing that happened last weekend with Sean McVay, where he kicked a field goal at the end of the game for no other reason aside from covering, <laughs> is what people thought. Uh, what is the strategy there that he's trying to do, not just covering the spread so his friends win money? And then also, where the hell did Puka Nakua come from? And I'm kind of pissed at you for not telling me he existed. Well, I mean, look, when you watch their scheme, they do a great job of getting the ball. When you watch games, you got to figure, you got to ask yourself this question. Did the player get open or did the scheme get open? And they put him in Cooper Cup's area and they do a great job of picking him, running him on unders, and the kid's been really good. So he came from BYU. He transferred. I forget where. I think it was at Washington, transferred over there. But they knew, they were talking about him all summer. He just was hurt this summer. He's had some durability issues. And, I, the only thing I could come up with what Sean did is somebody in the analytics said, you know, there's a seventh tiebreaker. It goes by point differential. Let's kick the field goal here. Because because he was talking about, Sean was talking about, well, I, he didn't give himself enough time for the onside kick. You got to have enough time for the onside kick if you're going to do that. Hey, question for you. Uh, actually, question for you as we talked about BYU. Did Puka Nakua go on a mission trip? No, he served his mission at BYU playing football. Okay, smart. Okay, yep. good I, I, mission. I'm happy he converted because Austin Colley, I think he came in as a freshman, yeah, and then like broke some records as a wide receiver, and then he went two years, I think, to Argentina or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then he came back, not even touching a football. Damn, I hadn't touched a football or worked out, and then whenever he gets drafted, same class as me, he is a full blown adult. Yeah, <laughs> and I am yeah. not. You know, so it was like a very interesting thing. So he that, is that, not, one of, when they. Pat, when they were winning in the 80s, they would send all, you know, those linemen went on missions for two years. And so they would come back from the mission. They had an offensive line that looked like that looked like a pro line. These guys were men. You know, they went away for two and they still had three years of eligibility. That's old whack. I'm playing at Y.O. <clears throat> Andy Reid's on that team. I don't even know Andy at that time. Didn't even know he was playing for him at the time. So we're playing all those, all those guys that are 24, 25. We're looking through the game program, right? They all got big beards. Is this working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Looking at me funny. So they got beards. They got kids. Hey, here's his bio. He's been married for five years. He's got like three kids. And all of us are like going through the program going, this ain't fair. And they're kicking the shit out of us. You know, Neil said, Steve Young, McMahon had to play against all them dudes. Yeah, I mean, BYU is such – they were whacking this past weekend. Hey, big time win. Big time win. Shout out to Coach. Puka and the boys out there. It's uh, an incredible thing. So you got the – it sounds like you don't like making a pick uh, on this particular Thursday no, night. Not tonight. I, I like – this week I like – I love I love Green Bay this week. Yeah. I'm minus two. I think Green Bay's offense has really been – now they, they sputtered out in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to win the game. But I, I really like Green Bay. And I think six and a half is too much in the Denver-Miami game. I would take Denver in the points here. Wow. Uh, I, I think Denver – I like. I think it's a closer game based on my numbers. I like Denver take the six and a half. I like Green Bay lay the two. Those are my two picks for the week, Pat. You're a big Sean Payton guy, though, right? You believe in them? Yeah, I do. You think they're going to be able to turn that around? Well, 
I mean, if Vic's placed too, like he did last week against Miami, you know, and he did a real against New England, he and he stopped the run with his movement. But the last time they played, I think it was back in 20, 2020, when Vic was in Denver. I mean, Sean put 239 on him running the football. Sean will know how to run the ball. That'll keep the game close. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think they'll keep it close. Look, they had a, they should have won that game last week. It's 21-3, to and Russell turns it over. And then when they got a chance to get back in it, Russell has got Judy wide open. It's going to be a 40-yard gain. He throws it like, I don't know where the hell he threw it. Threw it in the dirt. The kid had to make a great catch. Hey, Connor brings up a great point over here. Yeah, Lombo, they were just saying that they have to, Sean Payton has to change the lingo and the vernacular for play calling and stuff because they had trouble relaying it into, you know, Russell yeah. Wilson. Is that something where Drew Brees was just a genius and only he could do it? Or yeah. is, what, what's the situation? Well, they worked together for so long. It was such, it was so easy. And then they would sit the night before the game and say, I like this. I don't like that. This is what we're going to do. And then, and then he could get it going. That's the, the comfort level that you had. And it becomes easy when when you get too many words in there, it becomes a little difficult, especially for a player that's never been in the system for a long time. Uh, look, communication in these NFL games are probably one of the reasons why people teams break down, blow a coverage. You know, they just don't communicate well enough, and they don't have guys on the field that do that because they're learning it as well. They're thinking Russell looks too. good, man. He I, does. I, I, like I've seen him two times now this season. Obviously, after last year's abysmal performance Ooh. by him and the Denver Broncos, you just you see glimpses. You know, oh, you yeah. see glimpses of like old Russ, and then you think to yourself, well, Sean Payton, good coach. Yeah. So you just assume that it's going to work out. We'll definitely bet on him, though, plus six and a half this sure. weekend, even though the Miami Dolphins are a wagon right now. All right. We appreciate the hell out of you. Good luck with the Lombardi Thanks, line and the podcast what? and the email what? and the books what? and the TED Talks what? and the motivational speeches <laughs> and the teaching. And, and Kyle, the... look, I, I was not saying a bad word about you. Oh. Oh. Too late. like Justin Fields. <laughs> I've never been on that bandwagon, Chuck. I've never been on that bandwagon. Only other people have been on that. I'm still trying to find a tape to watch why he was the MVP candidate, but we'll, we'll work on that. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. He, he felt bad. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, after he it was knew. pointed out. And yeah. as it was coming out of his mouth, I think if we were to rewatch it, his face is telling us that he knows. Oh. Huh. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Fifth Sounds rusher. like an inside voice. It feels good when that's not used, you know, watching where you don't mess up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bingo. Like, uh-huh. oh. oh, this guy just got caught. Does that make any sense to you, Denver? Being able to cover down there? I don't know. He's just talking about Joseph and the defense. So I think there's a lot of questions about Vic. I think Vic Fangio, I honestly believe that there's a lot of wonders about what this defense will be. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey not going to be there for a while. Who knows what the team's going to look like whenever he's playing. But I think a lot of people wonder about Vic. He just said if he goes with that too like he did last week, he thinks that Sean Payton's going to be able to keep that thing close. Yeah, with who? Williams is still coming back trying to get in the form, right? Who's he, who's he going to gain 200 yards rushing with? That ain't going to happen. They got Christian Wilkins inside. You got Chubb. Hopefully, Jalen Phillips gets back healthy. That microphone's Yeah, down. I got to yeah. fix that. Yeah, one. we got to fix that microphone. Mm-hmm. That's why you did come out a couple is, of times. Is that better? It is yeah, better, but hold I think, it like that. Yeah, just <laughs> for the rest of the show, don't move. I don't know if that's. Ebsen Floch. Ebsen Floch. Ebsen Floch of the microphones. But you're just thinking that there's. Well, look at Sam Howell. Enough. Sam Howell had what, over 300 yards? Passing? Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. And two is, like, he can't miss.
Well, how we saw a highlight of how, and he's throwing darts where no one else is daring to throw. Them. But also, so. did, was it JJ that was like, we need to talk about the Dolphins defense? Yes, yeah. yes. He was like, hey, the Dolphins D-line. defense is not getting as much conversation as it needs. So I think that brings up to your point. But nonetheless, he's been hot. We just got to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lombo has been hot picking. Yeah, his only loss is Denver, I believe, actually. Yep. And he's one just for stuck one with it. He's just, yeah, he's he sticking to his gun. Sean Payton. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Must. And not just Sean Payton. He likes that. The ownership is the wealthiest yep. in the NFL. Okay. He okay. likes that. The general manager came out and said, I know my job. Sean knows his job. There's mm-hmm. good direct. He likes the way the yep. whole thing is being set up over there. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about you. You've been on a couple teams, obviously. Bounce around a little bit. Are teams more similar or different, you think, whenever it comes to how they operate behind the scenes? Like, I was only an Indianapolis Colts, so I only know that when I walk in the locker room, <laughs> there's going to be a Jim Mercer quote. That's right. Right Boom. here on the wall. It's going to get me jacked up. You're reading it. And it's going to say, hey. Your part is circle. Mm-hmm. It's not a triangle. It's a circle. You need to make the circle as strong as possible, or you need to get the hell out of here. Okay, that's what Jim Mercy is basically saying. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest dudes of all time. What are buildings like everywhere? And if you had to, I don't want to say your favorite style, but what do you think is the most successful style or operation if you were to piece together a dream one on how the building is run? I've been four different places. I started with the Lions. Um, that one was that's pre MCDC and right? oh, yeah. same yeah. old lions. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say one. that, but to me, coach Caldwell kind of didn't have all the say like he should, even though he was a winner, I still believe he should be a head coach. He was an amazing motivator. Amazing. Coach. I loved him. I played for him yeah. as well. Great. So then that was differently because management did stuff differently. Then you have the Patriots who, you know, who runs the show. Cream of the crop. Everybody you everybody knows who runs the show there. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes Bill and RKK as a team, and that's it. Then you go to Miami, then you, I would say Chris Greer ran the show. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe some <laughs> other people. <laughs> uh, you know, I, and then was with the Chargers, and they do it differently. So I wouldn't say I, I would pick a lot of it, and I liked – the mentality the Patriots had because you know who was in charge, but I also was raised in systems like that. In high school, my high school coach used to put the plays in the uh, newspaper and said, stop me. Like, that's his mentality. College, I had kind of a dictatorship in college. Bronco Menahal, elite, elite coach. He should be, he's going to be a coach in this next cycle. Really good coach. He was the same way. I'm going to get the best out of my guys. Bill, He's going to do whatever it takes to win and get the best out of his guys. So me, nat- naturally, I, I thrive in that environment. So I also like what Staley does and Coach Caldwell does in the, you know, let the players play, let the players run the team in that situation. So it, it, it kind of depends. The Patriot the- way, though, is, you know, chatted about and talked about and oh, has yeah. been talked about. I've never been in there. Obviously, people have gone in there and had great success when they maybe didn't in other places or castaways from one place going to New England all of a sudden, rebirth, just like coaches going to Coach Saban down mm-hmm. there in Alabama. And then there's some people that go there and it doesn't work at all for them. I think that's what you're kind of pointing out is like situations are situational. It's a great quote. And yeah. It actually makes sense if you think about it. That's right. Yeah. Don't just rule it out. Nope. Don't just rule it out because it sounds so ridiculous. Ponder. You could use it in a lot of situations because situations uh, are, are situational. situational. But whenever they talk about the Patriot way, it's just like super accountability, right? Yeah. Like, hey, we're here. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. The main thing is the main thing at all times. Yeah. And in some other places, it just seems like there's a little bit of uh You get a little that, bit more freedom. There's okay. not enough. There's not that structure of like... You know, I'm going to fine you if you do this or fine you if you do that. It's kind of like, all right, like, 
let's help you along this journey. And that's okay. Everywhere, everywhere is different. Another player that comes to mind is another uh, Brigham Young legend. LDS Thursday. LDS Thursday. Saturday, St. Thursday. Is Fred Warner. Fred Warner was an outside linebacker. Gets put in the Niners system with D'Amico Ryan as his coach. Mar- great marriage and you know, a couple injuries. He steps in the middle linebacker. They have a good system He's and a phenomenal. good foundation. So good. And now look at Fred Warner, all pro Fred. He is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So much fun to watch play football, too. Yeah. Just everywhere. And he talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he chirps. He's, he chirp. he's, yeah. a, he's a shit talk. Yeah. 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 And he shit big... talks me. And I'm like, yo, I'm the older brother in this Friends. relationship. <laughs> yeah. Relax. We're on the same side. Yeah. That was my biggest takeaway about that Niners team whenever they played the Seahawks. And I got to go watch them in Seattle. First of all, Seattle, obviously, awesome. That place was Beautiful. incredible. And I was sitting in the booth with the man who has an incredible tie, Al Michaels, an incredible voice, in Herb Street. And I'm watching it. And I see this Niners team not only fly around and they're bigger and faster than everybody, but they're shit talking. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All every single play i'm like i love this, this team. Is awesome. and then you watch like what purdy's doing and then you're able to imagine like oh this team's gonna win a super bowl yeah absolutely and then this year it is the year right i mean this is mm-hmm. this is the year for sure we got debo doing a weekly appearance mm-hmm. right on media we're learning a lot through uh the up and adam show right we got george kittle he does podcasts every single week mm-hmm. so we're gonna learn a lot about this voyage that the niners are about to take this and season. fred and his wife do a podcast too boom there you go so All let's right. go they might become the team of the season with how damn good they are but the cowboys are like excuse me yeah mm-hmm. we're still in this yeah. nfc conversation philly too us now a man who is the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a guy who has beat COVID multiple times. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He graduated from Ohio State, and they would say this guy's our most prestigious graduate because he would go on to become the president of Ohio, which he is right now. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, a man who drank his own urine. Yep, that's right. Mm. For 11 years, mm-hmm. so wow. he could play in the NFL alongside his teammates and for the great fans of the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that sacrifice, AJ. Thank you. I only hope that uh, Coach Saban is on the line awaiting his interview with, with that great intro you gave me. Well, listen, if he hears that we're talking to the president of Ohio, he might say, all right, like, <laughs> yeah. okay. what do we got going on? This guy obviously very committed to his craft. We appreciate you joining us here, AJ. Big game tonight, obviously kicking off week three between Giants and Niners. We chatted about it a little bit with uh, Michael Lombardi. Coach Chuck Pagano has little faith in the Giants defense against wow. this Niners offense. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling early first look at it here on the show? Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I heard Chuck say it sounds like he has some pretty strong beliefs about this game, and you guys are trying to gas him up a bit, but I just have a hard time right now with what the Niners are doing, picking anything against them, especially with Saquon Barkley not playing. That just feels like it's a, it's a tough task for the Giants. And Kyle Van Noy, obviously you can't talk gambling uh, because you're a free agent and there's already been uh, gambling suspensions and everything yep, like yep. that. Yep. But a 14-point game, very possible against a team that is better than you. I think we all know that. And if you run into a buzzsaw, you can get 40-pieced yep. in the NFL. That's literally what happens. I don't think the Giants feel like that, though. Second half, they played their best ball that they played, obviously, this year. Do you think they can continue with that momentum even without Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I do. I do think they can continue that momentum. I think Daniel Jones got a big, you know, step of courage. How about him going because, crazy? Yeah. yeah. What, after sweet. he scored, he's flexing ah! on him? Yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah. Needs more of that. But Agreed. I, I just, with white chocolate, Christian, Christian McCaffrey and what he's doing, running that rock right now, ah, 
That's a tough task. Jay Will, obviously, yeah. the absolute phenom. Oh, yeah, elbow yeah, pass. Elbow. Out of West Virginia, Mom. the original. But Christian McCaffrey. And he's talking, too. You saw he's – you Christian? know how you talked about him talking oh, yeah. trash, the Niners talking trash. He's talking with them now, too. I, I like it. Yeah, he threw guy. Yeah. yeah. And then he said, get off me, I believe. Yeah, he said, uh, toss your ass, bitch. Yeah, Ooh. did not expect yeah. that out of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. You know, his first name's Christian. Right. Bingo. <laughs> you know, and that ain't holy what he's doing there. But his leg almost seemed to hyperextend as well. And with how explosive he is as a running back, you always worry that he's going to get hurt because he never goes anything but 100 miles an hour. Yep. And then him talking through that and going on. To, he is different. Christian McCaffrey's different. Yeah. And there's a reason he is paid what he is paid. Speaking of being different, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to the greatest of all time. Yep. Yes. This has become a real treat, and I can't wait for this entire season because I believe this year is going to be different than most years for this particular man. But he's going to handle it incredibly. You know why? Because anytime this guy has a whistle in his hand and a team in front of him, he's going to coach him like a beast. Greatest college football coach of all time. A man who's a seven-time national champion. West Virginia boy at heart, though. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Nick Saban. How are we doing today? Coach, fantastic now that we see your beautiful smiling face. Okay, <laughs> let's dive right in here. Uh, there's been a few days removed from the last game. Big storm. Everybody's talking about your hair. Thought you looked good, by the way. Thought you looked good <laughs> in that rainstorm. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I felt good. <laughs> yeah, you looked good. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like, that, that was my big takeaway. You know, everybody's talking about, like, uh, Coach Saban in the middle of the storm walking out. And I'm like, Coach Saban looks good. Great yeah. look. Looks young in there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because with me, when I'm in public, they, 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 rain comes, we got a spray tan coming off. Yep. You know what I mean? We got hair all over the place. You looked phenomenal. You need to know that. Now, let's talk into the game that we got coming up here against Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin, massive part of the conversation anytime he's playing against you because of your history. You obviously hear that, see that, and what are your thoughts on how big the media makes your guys' relationship? Well, I think everybody sort of makes the relationships with guys that have worked here and we play against each other. And, you know, that's always a big story. You know, Lane did a fantastic job when he was here. Uh, we we kind of went from old school ball to, you know, modern day ball, I'm going to call it, in terms of doing some things with RPOs and bandage throws and re really sort of set us off for the future of what we do on offense and what we've been able to do on offense. So, I have nothing but respect for, for Lane and uh, the kind of coach he is. Uh, they're doing a great job at Ole Miss. I mean, they're one of the best offensive teams in the country in terms of yards, production, uh, problems created by what they do. So uh, this is a challenge. It's always a challenge when you play against, you know, good former assistants. Hey, he's singing your praises as well. It's great to hear. Uh, it is a beautiful thing to kind of watch take place, and I think we all watch Lane Kiffin mature as a coach, not only in the NFL, but also in college. To get to the point where he's at now, I think we're all incredibly pumped for him, and you're talking about his offense. Let's talk about your offense, coach. Okay, so interesting decision. I think you would even say this, right? Not playing Milrow, having Buckner and Simpson play, and then now we go to Milrow. Interesting from the outside looking in. I assume there's a plan. What, what Was that a plan going in? Like, what do you – how do we get to that decision, Coach, if you could walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, well, I think that, um, first off, the other quarterbacks had very close competition, and they didn't really get much of an opportunity to play. So we started this conversation with the fact that, hey, we're going to maybe look at somebody else uh, playing the position, may last for a quarter or whatever, um, but – then you got to get ready to play, and I want to see you handle this 
And, you know, everybody handles frustrations a little differently. And I think sometimes you got to direct your frustration I, and make it a motivator. You can, you know, you can get upset by it, you can get angry by it, uh, but you can also get motivated by it. You know, and I always remember, you know, Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And he has three people at when he gets into the Hall of Fame, um, the coach that cut him, the coach that benched him, and the guy that took his place when he got benched. And he said, this directed my feelings for my whole career in terms of how it motivated me to try to be the best player that I could be. And we, we want our players, when these things happen, to direct their feelings in a way that's going to help them be better players. Jalen did that this week, and um, I'm pleased with his performance. He's got nothing to prove. You know, here, he's our guy. He's the guy that, you know, I have confidence in, and I just had a meeting with him a little bit ago and clean up some fundamental things and uh, watch him play. So the internet reacted to him congratulating Simpson, I believe, whenever he made a big-time play. You're seeing all those things, judging all those things, analyzing all those things, I assume, testing his leadership, seeing what he's made of? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think um, in the end, this will make him better. Hell yeah, we can't wait to watch. Go ahead, AJ. Coach, back in the day, uh, you used to hear coaches tell teams, like, hey, block out the noise, don't listen to it, don't worry about whatever's going on outside this locker room. Is that a thing coaches can even say anymore? I mean, the noise is everywhere. We know they're going to see and hear everything. You just try to teach them how to deal with it? Well, I think the, the, the main part of that is I, I don't think you're ever going to get them to, like, not hear it, not see it, not be a part of it. Everybody's on the Internet. Everybody's on their phone. But I think the key to the drill is, is to direct those feelings in the right way, which means, okay, when I get to practice, when I come to meetings, I'm focused on the things that I need to do to go out and be able to perform well. And you can't let those things upset you. You can't let them frustrate you. Uh, you have to direct that energy in a positive way, which is pay attention to detail, play with discipline, do all the things that coach talk, always talk about and try to get, get it right and let it be a motivator to you in a positive way. Cause it goes the other way sometimes too. You know, when people are singing your praises, oh, yeah. you know, I call it poison. Right, because then your humility gets tested and, um, you know, you're thinking, well, I don't have to go practice today. I don't have to work hard today. I, we got it. We got this. We got this. And then you're developing bad habits right, because you're listening to how good you are. And then you go out and play and you don't play well, you get frustrated. So all these things are about directing feelings in the right direction. And that's a challenge for all of us. But certainly something that's important to do at this time in the season, especially for our team. I would like to spotlight one thing you brought up there about how handling humility and testing humility whenever people are kind of lifting you up. When I was in college, I was on full scholarship to kick balls. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Woo. Did it. Way to go. Good for me. Shout out me. Wasn't offered by any school you were coaching at. Thanks, coach. But uh, only kicking 70 yarders as an 18-year-old. Don't worry about it. But the um, I, 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 when I got a full scholarship to school, you know, my parents don't have a bunch of extra money, so I didn't want to ask them for any. And at the time, scholarship checks were what they were. I actually got a loan out in the amount of like $40,000 to just go have a good time. And if I always put myself in the modern position of these guys, yeah, I mean, it's not great, coach. I mean, I should have focused, <laughs> should have focused a lot more. We live, we learn, we get older, we mature. Some of these guys are making like 
millions of dollars to play college football as like 18, 19 year olds. And I wondered about the ripple effect of like commitment, discipline, accountability, hard work. Because if I was those kids, there's no way I'm showing up at 6 a.m. offseason workouts with the same attitude. Have you seen that? And how do you think, do you just think this generation's different? They can handle it? I'm a, I'm a doofus? Like, like, how do we handle that situation? Because I think we're going to miss out on some greats potentially because of maybe getting too content early. Well, I, I think that it obviously tests your maturity uh, as a young man when you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you have a little more to deal with than what we did back in the day when we went to school. Uh, and I do think that it's a challenge to how hungry you are, how motivated you are. You know, we all, we all went to school because we we're trying to create value for our future. And we were scared to death that we were going to either fail out of school or fail as a player or lose our scholarship or whatever. Uh, and that was a, a real motivating factor for us. And, um, you know, players have more, which I think it's good for the players. I'm, we agree. I'm not, we agree. I'm not against that. So I don't want anybody to think I'm against that. But I do think you have to have a certain amount of maturity to be able to manage that and not get satisfied with what's happening, that you have more, but how does it affect your motivation on the field in terms of how good you want to be and the standard that you want to set? And that comes from kind of within who you are. So uh, so I think it's important to have the right kind of guys on your team now. Yeah, when you're recruiting, obviously these are things you're trying to pick up, little tales. I think we talked to Prime and uh, Coach Prime, and he said that when they're on these recruiting visits, they'll hear something said between either the player and the mom or the player and the dad or the uncle and the dad say something. And it's like not even a part of the interview, but he hears something. He's like, ooh, that's a little something that we have to hear. How do you kind of figure out who's right for your culture? Because it feels like over the last, I don't know how many years you've been coached, it feels like you're you're a factory of just great player, great player, great player, hard worker, somebody who's willing to sit behind another five-star. How do you find those guys? Like, what are what are some of your tricks and tips, I guess? Well, I think you got to ask a lot of questions. I think if you ask direct questions, whether it's to high school coaches, guidance counselors, the players themselves. Like, I, I ask a guy a lot of times, you know, what do you want to accomplish as a college player? They tell me, and I say, well, what does that entail? You know, and – what do you have to do to be a great player? So if the guy's sitting there 50 pounds overweight and he says nothing, then <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy must not have the right stuff, you know? But He's got a lot of stuff. Things that he needs to do to be a great player, then I say this guy can self-assess and he's got direction and goals and he's motivated and wants to do the right things. But I think that is the most difficult thing to try to evaluate in recruiting. It's not how fast a guy is or how high he can jump. It's, you know, what is his mental makeup? What is his psychological disposition toward being successful? And that's the hardest thing to judge. So I assume you have good faith in your team right now going through some stuff. You know, it's real loud outside. Everybody has kind of written you off. I'm sure you've heard it. Alabama, what are we talking about? They don't even know who their quarterback is. You know what I mean? They're writing you off right now. I assume you have good faith in the, the cut of your team's jib this year and 100% faith we can go get it still? I do believe in our team, and I think we got a lot of good people on our team. Uh, I think they worked hard. Uh, I don't think we've executed and played as well as we're capable of, so that's a work in progress and something that we need to improve on and improve quickly. It's attention to detail, having discipline to do the little things right, creating those 
habits every day, you know, in practice in terms of what you do. Um, so that's that's a challenge, and that's something that uh, it'll be interesting to see how this team responds to that challenge because it's something that we need to do better. All those things are things that are, you know, I think Alabama has like 97 guys in the NFL right now, or 93 Dang. guys. Like you, you have like 93 guys in the NFL and something. West Virginia has like six over the last 40 years or something like that. I mean, it is just insane, the success you've had. Kyle Van Noy has a question about one of your former players. Hey, Coach, um, I feel like I've played for Bama with how many teammates I've had, but I want to <laughs> talk about one specifically, Dante Hightower. A Bama legend. He was just down there a couple weeks. Uh, Billy B. Belichick called him Mr. February. I was curious what nicknames uh, you had of him <laughs> since he's a two-time uh, national champion. And if you have any nicknames for any current players <laughs> right now, just want to get a personal level with you. Well, you know, Dante is one of my favorites. He was a, an outstanding player here. But, you know, I have a special affinity for – uh, Dante and all the guys, Julio Jones and Mark Barron and all those guys, they all came to Alabama when we weren't any good. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they really created the the legacy and the standard of what we want to try to accomplish in the program. And even though I don't have any nicknames for him, uh, he's an outstanding player, a fine young man. He was actually an honorary captain a couple of weeks ago for one of our games. And it's always great to see those guys come back. Marcel Darius was with them. So, um, those, those guys, you know, they sort of set the tone for who we are and what we are and the standard that we have around here. I appreciate it, Coach. I know I know you got a dry sense of humor in there, so I, I know there's <laughs> one in there. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. Coach, um, those first group that just say, I believe in you, yeah. you know, that has to feel – and also you recruiting your ass off. Dante Hattar is a great football player. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, like I assume there's a lot of schools that wanted his services and obviously coming and setting the standard in Alabama is a beautiful thing. He He's called Mr. February in yeah. New England? Oh, yes, yeah. What a nickname. He won two Super Bowls, basically, the Atlanta and the uh, Seattle one. A lot of people credit him for winning those. Oh, hey, Mr. Football season, A.J. Hawk has a question for you. <laughs> Coach, I know you, you played DB at Kent State, obviously, but – Speaking to a lot of your former players, they would always tell me how you would come alive like when you coach the DBs and you coach the secondary. Is that something that you kind of have an affinity for? They would tell me if a guy would make a big play, get a pick, they'd see you dancing down the sidelines or something during one-on-ones, and they would always love to try to impress you in those one-on-ones. Well, you know, one of the things that I love is coaching players. And uh, I started out as a quarterback in high school, only lasted one year as a quarterback in college because I was too short, couldn't see. So they moved me to defense. I never played defense in my life because coaches would never let the quarterback play defense. So I had some really good coaches and some really good mentors, and I just developed an affinity for loving coaching the secondary. And I liked coaching the players and, you know, did it in the NFL for a long time and had some good mentors there too. So um, one of the things that I learned from um, some – former coaches that when you become a head coach, do you want to really sort of not be your best assistant? Um, You know, Buddy Ryan was a coach of the Arizona Cardinals when I was coaching at the Cleveland Browns as a defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick. And I asked him, what's the biggest difference between being a head coach and, um, you know, when you were an assistant? You know, you had the best defense in the world with Chicago Bears in the 80s and all that. And he said, I was always somebody's best assistant. And he wasn't saying it in an arrogant way. 
And he said, I don't think I'm being my best assistant as a head coach. So one of the things I've always tried to do is coach a lot of special teams, coach a lot of defense, never really coached offense, but um, got to know offense to coach defense. So I always tried to be my best assistant and coaching the secondary, coaching defense was uh, always something that, you know, I kind of grew up doing and I try to be my best assistant as a head coach. I love that you still got that in you, you know, like coaching special teams is a beautiful thing because I think NFL teams appreciate it because you got starters running down on kicks. You know what I mean? I loved it. Like uh, as a kicker and a punter and somebody obviously a big advocate for the field position game and how you can look at that stat normally after the score, that's the top stat to tell you who won the game. That's a pretty important one. Then turnovers, the next stat. And then field position, normally the next indicator stat on who won the game and who didn't win the game and turnovers affect that. But you putting starters out there is always a big time story. I feel like commentators make a big deal out of it. I'm assuming a lot of people have tried to talk you out of that or no? Is it a, not really. Uh, we try to limit it to, you know, guys playing on two teams. But, you know, what I tell guys on our team, and we try to teach everybody on our team to play special teams. When they come in as freshmen, I don't care if you're five-star, I don't care whatever, you need to learn how to play special teams. And I tell them stories about, you know, guys that made teams for eight, nine years in the NFL and never really played a position. They were just special teams players. I'm not talking about specialists now. I'm talking about, Hell yeah. you know, just, you know, play on special teams for eight or nine years, make the Pro Bowl, playing on special teams. And um, you can't be a backup player on an NFL team if you can't play on special teams. I don't care if you're a running back, a linebacker, a DB, wide receiver. So these slots are important, and your knowledge of being able to do that is going to extend your career or maybe even give you an opportunity to have a career. So... That's something that we teach guys. They learn to like it and love it. And we don't have guys begging off of special teams because they kind of see like, you know, this is something that I can create value doing as well. You're playing chess, bub. You're playing chess. Mm -hmm. We appreciate the hell out of you joining us. Have a great game this weekend. Good luck. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hi, Pat. Good talking to you guys. Have a good one, man. Oh, hold Thanks. on, coach. Hold on. Before you go, what do we do this week that wasn't football? Anything? Do we do anything that wasn't ball this week? No, not really. <laughs> Hell yeah. Love that. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach of Alabama, Nick Saban. Yeah. Thank you, coach. Uh, I mean, I ate, right? Yeah. I didn't eat a well, Franco. Slept a little. I drove home. Yeah. Drove home one night. <laughs> From football. And then yeah. guess, the next morning, guess what? Drove, drove to football. football. <laughs> I guess he's got like a Ferrari dealership or oh, something. Weapon. So I, awesome. I, I assume in that car ride, it's a good time. What do you hear whenever you hear Saban talk, Coach? Obviously, you never coach alongside him, I don't think. Were you ever with Coach Saban? No, never worked for him. Ah, your mic's off. Mic's off. Mic's no, off. it's off. Your mic's off. Can't even hear you. Can't even, can't no, even. I feel no, like no, we're Chuck kind of right now. Yeah, it does. It feel, yeah, we yeah. feel like Chuck. We are Can't Chuck. hear a word. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We need the ears things. We're sitting yeah. there. You got me now? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you so Petey. Yeah, it's not your fault. You need to know that. But you, hey, how you handle adversity is how you handle mm -hmm. life. You know what I mean? Everybody knows you handle adversity in a beautiful anyway, way. After I got fired in 2017 here at the Colts, and I took that year off, gap year in 18, coach let me come down and spend a couple days with him oh, in nice. Alabama. So I had a. Is everything good? Yeah, yeah you just, like but, on the screen right now, you've yeah, got two yeah, microphones. Pretty cool. I mean, you look so absurd. <laughs> two mics. The show looks so absurd. Hearing aids might be getting in the waves. Are we throwing that out no, there? No, they're or? unplugged, dude. They're okay. sitting over the ears. Well, that's my here. worry. Now really? they're just looking for you. What is your problem? Really? 
I'm just I'm what asking you, questions what you guys, that need answers. Okay, uh, sue me. This guy's deaf, and yeah. it's hard now. All of a sudden, yeah. he's now he's the show. Screwing what up the show. Jeez, what well, a bad we got guy. on stage, and there was you know audio coming out of the big board too. Boy, I pray you never yeah. have any adversity in your life. I don't oh know. yeah, oh, Chuck, I got tinnitus. Okay, so don't talk to me about adversity with ears. Do you have ringing? Yes. Yeah, sometimes it's worse whenever we flood ringing into these headphones. Yeah. Every Nick's, once Nick's the best. He's he's all ball. How come? I went yeah. down there. He knows what he's talking about. He's a tireless worker. He's detailed as all get out, and he develops. He develops coaches. Look at his coaching tree. His coaching tree is bigger than the one you saw in Avatar, right? Everybody lived in. That's oh, a big, big ass tree. <laughs> big ass tree. Nice. Good movie. That yeah. was great. Yeah. yeah, good reference. But yeah. I went. I went yeah. down there. Uh, spent two, three days with him. Joe Panunzio uh, was on the staff at the time. He's now at Philly, assistant. Yeah, another Paisan. But he's just he's just so we detailed. Know. And being a defensive back guy myself, played DB, coached DBs my entire career. Uh, outside linebackers early in my career, but it was always DBs, and always studied and talked to coach about. DB play and and techniques, press technique off, all this kind of stuff. And to me, there was nobody, you know, nobody better uh, in football than as he was talking as he was talking about the Browns and the other places he coached in the NFL. I only remember the Dolphins and not working. Yeah, yes. right. I didn't even you know because I obviously knew that information that he had coached other places. But like, it's almost like your immediate NFL coach Saban thought is like Miami didn't work out, just like yep. Petrino, yep. just like uh, Urban Meyer, mm -hmm. just like these other guys. And it's like he, I'm happy he said like. Buddy Ryan, you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. you know Buddy, you know mm -hmm. Buddy Ryan, yeah, uh, in the NFL coaching, and then other in the NFL coaching. So like, let's remember that I've kind of been there. Maybe that narrative, maybe that story is a little bit different if they go down the road with Drew Brees. Yep. Yeah, instead of Colin maybe Piper. that, maybe that's a Absolutely. whole. In it's my opinion, what if he's just an NFL coach? Yeah, be crazy. That would be crazy. No, it's, and you don't have the seven national championships. I mean, come on. It's I the mean, same with Bill. Like if Bill, what if Bill went to college at some point? And that thing he said in there about how the you know offensive guys need to know defense before they can coach offense. When Belichick had McDaniel's and Patricia start, Patricia was offense, McDaniel's was defense. And then what? And then, and then later on he said, you know what, Matt Patricia, you were good. You, you know, know offense. offense. Yeah, you're going to be the offense coordinator. Go, go get him. That worked out. Run well, a couple that, screens. I mean, that it was worked. the thing. I mean, if you went and worked, all those guys went and worked for Eight Bill, right? They were twenty twenty guys, twenty hours a day. 20000 a year. That's what you signed up for when you went to work for Bill Belichick. Damn that's right. hilarious. All right, this is what 20, you're going to get. Yeah, this is the Patriot you're, way. Yeah. And that's how – but you started in – you did personnel, you did offense, you did defense, you did special teams. It's like a university. Those guys yeah. knew Boom. every Football facet, every facet of the game. And, how, you, and when you look at these coaching rosters, like there's 30-some coaches now on a, on a coaching staff, and he still has probably the smallest one because he doesn't want a whole bunch of – cooks you know in the kitchen he doesn't want a whole bunch of chair he gets his he got his guys he's got his top lieutenants and he's he still training be great. everybody he can still be great they're cooking them on the internet right they now cooking they are cooking him. and i guess they've been too about what it's the quarterback like they're just trying to figure out the quarterback aren't they yeah but then that automatically just leads right to tom brady it just goes everything just goes immediately to yep. well how have you been well how have you been it's real easy when you got the greatest of all time taking mm -hmm. a pay cut and he can kind of that's what the internet – I'm not saying I believe that. I will believe in Bill Belichick 
forever and ever, amen. I was very lucky to be in the NFL participating whenever his reign of yeah. dominance was still very real. So, like, I'm not saying that, but there's a lot of cause for fodder. You know what I mean? There's a lot oh, yeah. of that about the whole thing. I guess we have a guy, literally, that was here in the building joining us, LDS Thursday. Yeah, yeah. LDS Thursday, you know what I mean? This is good news. Whenever you think about the Bill Belichick kind of run, and obviously it's great, greatest of all time. Doesn't get talked about as greatest GM of all time ever. No, nope. only talk about him as the greatest head coach of all time. Used it's like to. he was also the GM of the greatest dynasty of all time too. So maybe we should start throwing that in there. Do you think he still has it to go win? Do you think Bill Belichick in the modern era, with how everything is now, without Tom Brady taking pay cuts and being who Tom Brady is, do you think he can still have one last run that he's definitely going to be chasing the dragon for here at least for the next decade? I'm just never going to count count out Billy B. He's just that good of a coach. Uh, I think he's dealing with a lot of things that he hasn't in a while with how the offensive line is. I mean, there's a lot of turnover there right now, a lot of injuries there. They were out last week with their top three cornerbacks, so that kind of hurt them as well, Uh, even though they held Tyreek and waddled pretty good. I I just think he has the juice. He really wants that record, I think. Knowing him and his personality – he really wants that record. Well, so that was the last dynasty in the NFL. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the biggest pieces of the current dynasty that is being built right in front of our faces. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to go down as the greatest tight end in the history is from Ohio, said Ohio guy. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the New Heights podcast, and a guy who's dating, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, oh, he yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to, had to, had to, had to, obviously. How you doing? Your intros are always electric, Pat. Well, They're always electric. I mean, it's only getting better and better for you, pal, because as you get older, you're seemingly only getting better. You're back now. Obviously, the knee injury was something that kept you out for a week. We saw you twerking. Shout out. I listened to the oh, New yeah. Heights podcast. 100-yard jog. All cameras are on me. Got to give them a show. What am I, boring? Never. Nah. How is no, the no. knee? Is it 100%? Showman over here. Is it 100%? I'm Ohio showman. Absolutely. Is it 100%? Yeah. I'm the- yeah. I'm not even thinking about it anymore. Yeah, we're we're past that. I felt like an absolute idiot not being able to be out there for my team. Um, but uh, that's why you just always got to, you know, just make sure that everything's firing in the in the body. Make sure you're all tuned up and uh, and really thinking about the movement that you make out there on the field so uh, you don't hurt the team come Sunday. Well, so let's talk about the team. Kind of a newer team, right? It feels like we yep. uh, they're talking about who's going to be the weapons, who's going to be the pieces. feels like every year you guys are still trying to find your identity until about mid-season or so. Feel the same over there? And why do you think that has been a trend with your team? Um, you know, every year presents its challenges. I think um, I think we've just been, been playing behind the sticks, to be honest. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Penalties, the drops, I think all that will get cleared up as guys get more comfortable in their roles. Um, we got a young team, and on top of that, you know, the chemistry just uh, has to keep building. And that's why you got the leaders in this building, and that's why, you know, Big Red always finds a way to get better as the season goes along, like you said. Yeah, always. It feels like your best ball is in December, which is what every team is striving to do. Gotta but, be, baby. But I just want to let you know, for those of us that bet on you guys blindly every single week, it does get expensive early. Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> why would you, uh, you fight half the team this past uh, training camp? Every, every day it seemed like you popped up a clip and you're sitting there throwing <laughs> down with somebody. It was very entertaining on our end. We well, loved it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was, uh, I was pretty fired up. I was pretty fired up, and I still am pretty fired up. I don't know if you saw this past game, but I was getting after it a little bit, getting a little chippy. Um, I just get that from, you know, being in Ohio, man. I'm sure if I went to a few training camps that AJ's been in, uh, I'm sure he's throwing some fists. Uh, there's definitely no doubt about that. 
Um, but seriously, um, on a serious note, in terms of this throwing hands, you know, you can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah, I hated that you apologized. Yeah. Well, I hated yeah, that we you apologized. We, we hated it. We were so we mad. It, huh? I don't know if you heard it. Yeah, we know. We were we know. so mad yeah. that you did. I know. I just felt I felt the entire world attacking me for it. And, uh, you know, I no. I hear you. Entire. It's football, though, baby. It's football. You're a good teammate. Yeah, you, yeah. That's, it, that. it, how, that's how the many biggest years? thing. Just trying to be a good teammate, too, man. Yeah, I apologize. Okay, I get it. How many years are you in this thing? Going on 11. Congratulations. How many Super Bowls? Two. 100 million in the bank? No big deal. Still fighting. Almost. Still fighting guys in training camp? You are a leader, bro. Like that, you know, you have it all. You already have the resume. You already have the Hall of Fame. Appreciate that. And you're still getting fired. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's real deal. Like that is. So you're apologizing. I'm like, this guy still gives a shit in the middle of a training camp practice. That does not matter. We should all be striving for that. Now, if you connect on a guy, you know what I mean? Oh, man. If you get a guy and he's out, then you got to really start talking about a problem. I was throwing, I was throwing like no hook, no look hooks. It was like, I didn't even know who was back there. I just was. Pissy and just pissed off and just, yeah. You got to keep it together, boys. Yeah, keep it together. You're an adult. You're an adult, of course. But I appreciate the fact that you're still all in. In 11 years in, and I know I just watched the Kelsey doc that you're a part of, and listening to you talk about the respect you have for your brother is a beautiful part of that documentary. And I think it's why New Heights Podcast is so damn successful. You guys are obviously electrifying, but you clearly love the hell out of each other. That whole doc started as him saying, this is going to be my last year, pretty much. And then now, guess who's back? Back again. Kelsey's back. Tell a friend. For you, 11 years in... You seem to be playing your best ball. You're in great shape. You recovered from a bone bruise in your knee pretty quickly, I think, yeah. for being an old-ass man. Have you thought about the end, or is that not something that even kind of crosses your mind? Uh, it hasn't crossed my mind. I'm having too much fun coming in here fighting guys in training camp. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just uh, I thoroughly enjoy putting on a helmet and just going out there and competing. I think my brother actually mentioned it in the documentary. Um, there's just something you get from being out there and competing in the, in, on the football field that uh, you don't get anywhere else. And uh, I like to, you know, I like to live that dream as long as I can. That's for damn sure. He's but it's funny you mentioned you mentioned the doc and how he, you know, it, it was meant to be a retirement thing. A lot of that footage is over the past like three years. He's been thinking about retirement for a while now, you know. But uh, winning that helps you stick around as well as you know the Brinks truck always helps you stay around. Um, so Jason's uh, Jason's still eyeing retirement, but as long as. The Eagles are willing to, you know, pay him as one of the best centers in the league. I think he'll still be playing. Well, and I guess Sirianni's showing up with a keg every offseason, yeah. too, for the backyard. I'm telling you what, that's a nice little bonus feature you get. Yeah, that's not a bad play there by Sirianni, who we all know is a dog. <laughs> Just like you. Just like your team, though. We got a stacked roster, even though there's some new people. Patrick Mahomes, I believe the boys will probably ask questions about. But I want to talk about Chris Jones being back. And we've obviously seen you guys celebrate. We saw your New Heights plea about, hey, Chris, you're scaring us. Him being back in the locker room. What is it under the hood in the locker room as opposed to just on the field? Is he a leader of the squad? I assume he is. And you guys oh, definitely yeah. missed his presence. So that wasn't really talked about much. Yeah. No, I mean, you felt it as soon as he got back. You know, it's uh, you never know what's actually going on in someone's contract talks and things like that. And you you, you kind of hear uh, through the grapevines, you know, what's going on. And, and it's not always true. It's not always real. But it's uh, it's wonderful to just have my guy back in the building. Um, his presence, as you saw on the field on game day, is unmatched. I mean, the guy went from the couch to getting just being an absolute game wrecker in his first game back. And uh, that's just what he brings. He brings that tenacity, he brings that ability to make plays on every single down. And, um, and you know, as a leader, uh, he shows up every single day. 
and when he's here, man, he is 100% all in. I appreciate the fact that he clearly missed being there. You know, like yeah. the deal, you yeah. look at the deal that he signed, it's like, okay, there is potential upside a little bit, and he is a free agent. They franchise, we get it. That, but also, not enough of an upside to be like, there had to be some personal, I need to be out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, yeah. if that's what came from him sitting front row in that suite opening night, mm -hmm. good on him. Good on the agents for setting him up yeah. and be like, we just got to get his ass back in the ring. Just, you love this, remember? We really enjoy this. And then he's back in there crushing it. It's awesome. Let's talk about another guy. Yeah. Dog on your squad. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah, Travis, after... Uh Pat signed his new deal. I'm just curious. Did you text him and say, like, hey, I'm going to need you to toss a couple shekels my way. I think I've done a lot in getting you that new deal. And I also assume that, like, you always figured that he'd kind of be your guy for the, the rest of your career. But Pat always talks about how the, the Colts cut Peyton Manning, so you kind of never know. But how refreshing is it now that this is done that he's probably going to be your quarterback for the remainder of your career? Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, in my mind, the goal the entire time. As soon as I saw that guy start slinging it around his rookie year, I was like, yeah, I want to play with that guy <laughs> right there. Um, but when he, when, listen, I, I I bank off of Pat in the offseason. He he got me in the State Farm commercial, got me in the Subway commercial. So, you know what I mean? He's throwing me a bone when he can. Yeah, That's free course lights we, everywhere. We got to deal with the cap over here. We got to deal with the cap over here. Okay, so let's talk about that. And free course lights, obviously, everywhere. Right. I've yeah. ever seen you two together. They, <laughs> they went down. Uh, the mountains are blue. Yeah, they had to do what they had to do. Let's, talk about, the, let's talk about the cap. Because there's a lot of people that have been speaking for you. Like, if Chris Jones gets a new deal, there's one person in that building who has a mustache who should just walk right into Veach's thing and go, excuse me, if we are going to be paying things, it's not only the best tight end, but probably best wide receiver as well. You, I think, have proven to be an incredible team guy at all stops. Has there ever been a thought where it's like, I deserve equal value, at least something. I'm already getting underpaid because I'm a tight end, even though I'm a wide receiver. So the, those price points are different. And then let alone in the tight end market, I'm not even the top guy. How do you keep that out? Because most people, that is like, it, it spoils them almost. Like even if they don't feel that way, people telling them, and then it creeps in. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, it is rat poison for the entire situation. How have you kept it out of there? How Honestly, how have you done it with how long um, it's gotten? I just I I don't listen to the noise. Um, I know I get paid a fuck. Uh, excuse me, a, a lot of money hey! to, be able to do what I love, <laughs> and um, I have a lot of fun coming into this building every single day. So me, you know, holding out and not being in here, you know, I just uh, I don't see a scenario where that happens. Um, and on top of that, uh, you know, I let my agents handle all of that. I I don't ever want my uh, who I am as a person to be. Um, kind of affected because of the money situation at hand. So I let my agents handle all that. They, they can be the bad guys of, you know, what what I should and should not be getting. Um, and then, you know, I just go out there and I just ball, man. I, I can't tell you how fortunate I know I've been uh, just to be able to get, you know, the the per year that I have uh, playing this game, man. I, um, I I do it for free, and I actually have done it for free, getting fined a few times. But I, I'll, I'll do this shit for free, man. Did you get fined for punting that ball? Good punt. Hey. Good point. I, I actually, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I, I told you, I, I thought that thing was about to turn over, man. It must have been heavy that, wind in the face. Bro, you're holding that thing sideways. It's all the, it's all, the, it's all those Ohio, Ohio State special teams camps my dad had me going to as a kid. Good motion. I mean, you had good swing. It feels like you oh, got yeah. through it and yeah. everything. I mean, it was beautiful. Is this going to be a new thing? Yeah. Look, at, I mean, that was it magic. Might, it might be, I might. The thing is, is if I do get fined now, I'm it's a I'm going to be a repeat offender if I do it again, and it just keeps going up. So I just I don't know if it's the best financial decision. All right, knowing that I'm getting underpaid as a tight end. 
I, I appreciate you building a little leverage there. Mm -hmm. Right there at the end, good businessman, you know, let the agents do their thing, but also let's help them. Hey, if you turn one over, though, if, you know what I mean? We'll pay the fine. I'll pay the fine. You know what I mean? That's good for the brand. We got the greatest tight end of all time, booting balls. Try to turn one over, though. You know what I mean? Put it out of the stadium. Bingo. Out of the yeah. stadium. Get it out. So you're saying I got to straighten that thing out a little bit? Yeah, straighten and straight through it. You know how to do it. Obviously, you've been to the camps. It looks like it. You put that thing out all into a concourse. Oh, oh, we'll pay the fine. We will pay the fine. Bro. You know, you, you, I'd say no more. Say, I, listen, I'll look up. I don't know if I can get it all the way up to Arrowhead's concourse, but uh, we'll see. I know Pat Mahomes, the last two times he's played in Jacksonville, has thought about if he gets if he runs one in, he's going to throw one up in the pool. So uh, oh, Jacksonville's oh, probably got the most unique <laughs> unique stadium for this. I played down there. I played down there twice a year, dude. What a party! There's people in those pools. No clue a game's going on, but boy, they. Why would you buy any other ticket in that place? <laughs> well, scorching hot. Score thousand degrees down yep. there. You got Jackson Doveville, the yeah. mascot. That dude jumps off the top light. Bungie jumps his way in there. I think that's the only time they turn from the pool to the field. Holy hell. And then they go right back to it. Here we are at Arrowhead. I think you can put it up in here, can't you? I think you can get it up in this level. Okay, sweet level. All right. Yeah, sweet level is right. good. I mean, okay. Listen, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. I'm doing it. If I get in this, this weekend... I'm doing it. Let's go. Yes. I'm going to send that thing. Let's stretch the hammies. You don't need our name associated yeah, right. you yeah, know, yeah, with yeah. any of that. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> go ahead, AJ. Trav, we watched uh, the quarterback show on Netflix, and they're following Patty Mahomes, and they're showing the, the period that they would have to where you could kind of make up his own plays and, and kind of present them to Andy. And I'm curious how involved you are in that situation, if Andy's ever taken any of your uh, suggestions like that. Um. Yeah, I've been, I've been pretty much – I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I've been pretty much 100%. <laughs> on uh on creating plays over here um he's only he's only took like two or three from me all over right. my like 10 year span but um yeah all touchdowns I'm, I'm i'm i've been bringing all touchdowns one was a two-point conversion but yeah all to you, We're to in you? The no no i'm drawing these things up for everybody else wow Awesome team guy. Great teammate. Is that because you were fighting him earlier? Is that why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fight the guy, exactly. give him a touchdown. Exactly. Just oh. get just gain attention. Just gain attention and just get out of the way. It is so how far in advance do you guys know the plays that are absurd that you're going to run? Like the the whoop de doo ring around the rosy thing? I mean, we were we were running that in practice for probably eight weeks, ten weeks before okay. we pulled that thing out. Okay, so these, the are, these are yeah. well-practiced. Yeah, there it has to be, right? It has to be, like, synchronized. It has to be, like, clockwork out there or else we look like a bunch of idiots. You were about to say the Super Bowl one? How long? Like, I assume. Oh, yeah, the Super Bowl one in uh, – what was that? Rose Bowl, right? It was uh, the Super Bowl in Miami, where we uh, we all did the spin at the goal line. Oh, yeah. um, that was in from like the preseason, and we didn't use that thing all the way up until the last game of the year. So um, these things can just be in the back pocket for forever. Man, I love that. I assume you guys enjoy it too, like because I feel, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, right. What is, what is big? When they work, when they work, when Pat has to just airmail it into the stands because everyone's gloved, you know. Damn. And then does Big Red say, oh, you guys thought that was cute. I told you that was going to work. <laughs> yeah. What is your guys? It feels like because it never gets chatted about with Big Red. And you even calling him Big Red tells me that you love the man. And obviously you've been on record of saying that numerous times. But he's like, hey, our socks are up, right? We're on time. He's like a pretty old school style coach. I don't think that gets chatted oh, yeah. about much because you guys are doing the ring around Rosie and winning. And everybody loves him. What is it about him oh, you yeah. think that has made you guys the team that you are? 
that's the discipline factor, man. Uh, I think uh, I think you hit it right on the head. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of little stuff that seems like it doesn't really mean anything, but at the end of the day, it gets us looking the same. It gets us looking together. It gets us well put together. That's why you know you see the army or the military together. They're all got their you know they're very well put together. Very you know that's an intimidating look to a lot of people. Um, I think uh, Deion Sanders has taken that approach at the uh, college level which is even more important let it let these young knuckleheads know this isn't how you do it at a professional level um man how fun has it been watching that guy? Oh, so much fun i've been just I mean, talking so I mean, much shit dude i've been talking so much shit and i have nothing to do with it i'm just like <laughs> we're gonna beat everybody we you know it's awesome trav isn't it it's making it's making football so much more fun i haven't watched as much college football i let all across the board i stayed up till 1 a.m watching the colorado colorado state game last week i mean it was electric you I can't wait three to see quarters. what they do this week. You yeah. missed three quarters. That thing was over at three thirty. I mean, that thing—it <laughs> was impossible. It wasn't it? That one was late. We saw it all. We're like, all right, we're all excited. Colorado's playing Colorado State. Game day's going there. What time's the game? Ten p.m. Eastern. Oh, Ten p.m. Eastern. Uh -oh. Oh, didn't start oh. till ten twenty. Oh, <laughs> it is must see TV. I'm gonna have to watch. <laughs> yeah, you're 100 right. Uh, last question here from Tone Diggs. Yeah, Travis. Uh, obviously, Eric Bieniemy goes to the Commanders, and now Nagy's the offensive coordinator. Does anything change with the offense, or is it always just Andy's offense? No, it's. I think it's. Um, you know, Coach Reed's got 51 percent, as he likes to say. Uh, at the end of the day, it's he's the one that's going to make the call and make the final call. But I think, uh, you know, it's a collective group, you know, that that's putting together these game plans, these plays, uh, what the playbook looks like. And with that being said, yeah, it changed uh, it changed direction a little bit when Coach Nagy came uh, at the at the at the front. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, uh, it has to change year in, year out. You know, we got a lot more a lot of new pieces. Uh, we got more wideouts this year. Um, and a lot of a lot of guys can go out there and make plays, man. So it has to keep evolving, right? Um, and uh, I think it's in a great spot so far. This week's game plan is whew. tough team. Oh, we like it. It's a good game plan, baby. We're happy about He's it. Got me fired up. Yeah, we got a little short yardage nickel today, so we'll get after oh, it uh, and, and get to get to see how many first downs we can get on third. Let me take it a little easy. Yeah, I don't know if you're keeping up. Chicago has no distractions this week <laughs> at so all. They have no distractions. So this listen, week. listen. But also high alert. High alert. What happened in Indy when they got their head coach can last year? Came back a little fired up, got a win. And then, so it's just, you always, you know, it, you can't be distracted by that kind of stuff. It really out. fires up, you know, the, the team and you never know what happens, man. I appreciate that. And before we let you go and we appreciate your time, we've had a little Kelsey celebration here in the middle of the week. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. It's been great. Great addition. I follow the New Heights pod since episode one. I think I, uh, wow. I think I told you immediately after the first episode. Uh, hey, good, shows good, you know. Like hey, hey, like uh, <laughs> there's a lot of shows out there. A lot of shows come and go, and there's a lot of shows that stink. And I'm not saying it's necessarily the people's fault, but whoever told them how to put it together just was a bad decision. And for one, soon as we heard you two Ohio uh, guys do your thing, it was like this is lightning in a bottle. Not only are they the best at their positions in the history of the NFL, but also genuinely care for each other. Successful seasons, which is obviously a lottery, and then you guys care. Yeah. Your personalities are incredible. So I've, I fell in love with New Heights, just like the rest of the world. Number one sports podcast on earth. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay? Not easy. Part no, my, no, no, no. That means a lot coming from the number one sports 
show on earth. No, no, no. Listen, we don't play those games. Like, listen, we are not for everybody. You guys seemingly are for everybody. But part of my take had number one sports for like a decade. Yeah. Like they were the whole thing still massively influential. We all have learned from them and big fans of them. But you guys taking that thing is a big deal in the business of the podcast world. And I am one of the fan ninety two percenters. Okay, so I'm in there. And then I was listening, and I'm like, man, Trav has taken advantage and made the most of every opportunity. And you missed one there with the friendship bracelet at that concert. And as I was watching, yeah, as I was watching, I was so heartbroken for you, you know, cause I know how seemingly <laughs> listening, I'm like, this guy obviously was putting himself out there, was oh, excited, yeah. you know, he had, had anticipation and nerves. And as a 92 percenter, I was, I was heartbroken to hear the news. And then all of a sudden, hey, then all of a sudden I hear, wait a minute, the friendship bracelet was not potentially not delivered. It was just a little bit delayed. Your love life is being talked about by the whole entire world right now. If you would like to expand Man. upon anything, please, we would like to know. Uh, you going to give me the floor? Floor is yours. You give me yes. floor? I'll tell you what. It's fun. It's it's hilarious how much traction this has actually got. Um, I think it's right now. It's like uh, it's like that old uh, game in school called telephone, where everybody's just whispering in each other's ear, just hearing some random stuff, and then and then you got you know. Especially, if no one actually knows what's going on. But especially when you got Jason Kelsey on live television telling people just both sides. He doesn't know. It's true. It's this and that. He goes on Thursday night football, gets a big dub, gets asked about it by my guy Tony Gonzalez because his daughter had to know. And he tells everybody. First, the first thing he brings up is the catching Kelsey, who I thought everybody got rid of that. Like, now a lot of those. Hey, I've, just, I've seen a lot of those Good videos. Show. You did great. You did yeah, great. He's been great having TV. a whole lot of fun since then, yeah. and he's still having fun. And then, not even a week later, tell everybody that it's one hundred percent true. I mean, the guy is absolutely ridiculous. Can't stay out of the freaking headlines. <laughs> uh, he was on the show yesterday saying he wants to be, or he, he, he. Not that he d wants to be, but the fact that everyone thinks he's Ian Rappaport of my dating relationship. Boom. Please, everybody, stop asking my brother about. We my didn't favorite. ask. Want to let you my know? No, nope. we did not ask. We did not ask to put him in that. Situation. I appreciate that. Yeah, no. Problem. I appreciate that. You, you hate this. Um, you hate that this is happening, though. Yeah. You hate that it's happening. No, I mean it's life, baby. It's life. I threw it out there. I threw the ball in her court, and you know, I told her, you know, maybe uh, I've seen you rock the stage in Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock the stage in Arrowhead and see which one's uh, a little more lit. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the near future. Dog. Travis. Hey. All right now. All right now. <laughs> Hey, let's go. Right, We're talking power couple. The NFL's in the game. We appreciate yes. the hell out of you. are the man. Good luck with everything on the field and in the suites. Yeah. Uh -huh. You're the greatest, ladies and gentlemen, Travis Kelsey. Thank you, yeah. baby. Yeah. All right, so we got the bottom of it. Yep. Did, we go. did we? Yeah. What is it? Certainly talking. I yeah. missed the bottom. What? The bottom? What are you talking about? I She's going to be at a game. That's what he, we just yeah, heard. Game. He's okay. going to pump the ball into her suite. Boom. Oh. Suite level. Oh, oh. my God. Hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine if he oh, kicks it she's right, gonna catch it. right into her she's head? She's going to catch it like a punt. She, if, I don't know a lot about Taylor Swift, okay? Wife, big fan. Sure. Watch her documentary. Dog. Yes, yeah. beast. Absolute beast. I have so much respect for the work ethic and everything that she has accomplished, obviously. And then you start listening to her songs. Like, okay, this is Diary. She is an incredible uh -huh. storyteller. Like, oh, okay, yeah. so not my, I'm not her demo. Sure, okay? no, so, no, no, Like, I very much understand. But I have a feeling just from watching the way she operates, he punts that ball. She's snagging that one-handed. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think she snagged it one-handed, probably with a microphone in the other one. Yep. And then national anthems coming afterwards. Best, Like, she is... <laughs> She's a beast, bro. Runs yes. a four three. Yes, she I'd is say. a beast, man. I uh, that would be legendary. Risen at a football game. Well, Travis Kelsey says, "Hey, Taylor Swift, uh, 
Don't know if you want to come to the home of the Chiefs. Good for him. Now, and I said this whenever we originally heard the rumors. You know, there has been musicians and actors mm -hmm. and, you know, influencers. Right. And just members of, you know, rich families. Whatever. Uh -huh. Yeah, all that type of stuff. NFL being represented now as the, the knight in shining armor and the gentleman, I'm proud of Travis Kelsey. And we said it the first time, we'll say it again. He's the right guy for the job. Big yes. yeah. Right guy for the job. Good luck out there, yeah. you two. Go get it. You two. Right. Good Hope luck. you guys fall in love and get married and, and have the next Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Treat him right, too. That's well, right. We, are, we love Travis over here. Just for you Swifties, want to let you know. We love Travis. Maybe not Kyle Van Noy, because Kyle Van Noy and him got the fisticuffs on the field. Yep. But uh, <laughs> we love, but we love him. Travis Kelsey. Yes. I didn't have him ask a question. Fun, fun, fact, fun fact, he actually has a fine that he had to pay. He shoved the ball somewhere he shouldn't have. Into you? Yeah. Jeez. Oh. Oh. Right in the front of the back. Have you guys shook Front or back? That's why I said I didn't want to say where it was. Okay. All right. Well, he was soaking, maybe it sounded like. Anyways, yeah. we are uh, we're <laughs> okay. out of here for today. We'll be back tomorrow. We continue on YouTube and ESPN+. Plus. We cannot wait to chat with Manti, Teo, and give our picks. Sports Center in seven. Cheers. Goodbye. Nailed it. Right on the screws. Let's go. I, know, I think it was. Boom. Whole week, Bang. he's been on the screws. Yeah, you know, we're dialing it in a little bit. We had to get the clocks figured out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a problem. Because there's a five-second delay because, fuck! Right. You know, uh -huh. so then yeah. the five-second delay was off, and then we had to reset the clock. And then did we set it? Well, we set it four seconds. Uh -huh. Why did we set it four seconds? Well, because this clock isn't matching up with Big Ben in England somehow. Exactly. And then their sure. clock at ESPN not matching up with ours. So it was a whole thing. This week feels like we're on it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Feels like we're doing Found the groove. So, Big, ben, Big Ben's not the standard that we all go off of. Yeah, right? in Pittsburgh is. it is. Sure yeah. it is. <laughs> okay. Okay, what is what is it? That clock in something, the mountains. Something Antarctica or something that I, where Con Man talks. GMT. Yeah, there, there's a clock in the mountains somewhere. Bezos yeah. built. It's a massive clock. Yeah, Greenwich. That's one that no battery power or anything, right? Nope, Correct. nope. Just just clocks. by the sun. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's solar power. Yeah, no, it's a, it's inside a mountain. Well, the sun and the mountains and the land and the sea. Together we are planet Earth. That's right, oh, Captain yep. Planet. Yes, yeah, you nailed it there, Tom. So. Is there an extra grease board? <laughs> yeah. Because I had a really good question. Yeah, so, the, so the, this, uh, arrow, this arrow in my mic. Yeah, it's, Chuck, you've gotten a, Connor, you've gotten a raw Connor, end Connor deal. Connor made a rough shake today. Yeah. Uh, handling them mics, though. I mean, Chuck, you're trying to send me a message, AJ. No, sorry, we are not. Coach, nope, sorry. No, just me, not. Coach. Two, just two me. mics. Just one department. Chuck looks amazing. Yeah. Chuck, just one so department good. right now. I just want to let no, you know. He's he he throwing dongs on there, Chuck. Can't say, throw dongs. So my question. Big Red's LDS. I know. He he yeah. held up Big Red being LDS because it is LDS Thursday. Right. He did go to BYU. We talked him. about it earlier a little bit with him. Chuck going to ask about uh, uh, the you know bed bunking or whatever? Soaking? Yeah, soaking Ooh. for Andy Reid. No, when, when you kick the, be the bunk bed okay. on the bottom. Yeah. Quaking. Yeah. Wait, wait, quaking. is that called quaking? Is that what you guys do? Earthquakes? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you Somebody, remember, remember we had to do this AJ, before. We called you. Right? We called him. He was on, he was on the elliptical or whatever. Yeah. Somebody's yeah, trying yeah. yeah. right? yeah. You're the guy. Yeah. Hey, you can make so much money doing that with your powerful leg. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, earthquaking. Yeah. You get, you sent me to BYU. I'm making seven figures. Oh, yeah. I bet you. No question. You're the best 34 seconds of your life. <laughs> Let me get you in there, pal. They'd be paying you over the tutors. Oh, What's that, pal? What's that mean? I don't know what that means. They got tutors to do quaking? What's that mean? Well, I'm saying they'd pay, like, instead of seeing a tutor, they would rather go oh. see him. Yeah. How is the education? Of course they would. High, yeah. high, super what? smart. It's like Ivy League. Really? Yeah.
Not enough grass, though? That's yeah. What? Well, not actually Ivy League, but Ivy League. No, it is, I, I promise you, they, they're, like, up there with Ivy League. Public Ivy. Yeah. Like, Public Ivy. It's private. Oh. Private Ivy. Yeah, BYU's right. private. When do you guys play Harvard this year? I mean, they should. <laughs> yeah, it'd be sweet. Connor, which, why are you hitting on BYU? He's got a big win. I'm not hating on BYU at all. They're about to win against Kansas this week. I don't we'll know. We'll see. Yeah. Good football team. Mm, Kansas is a buzzsaw right now. Kansas is a buzzsaw. Different you, Kansas. You were just on the wagon last week. Was, I haven't made a decision yet. That was okay. weekly. Situations are situational. <laughs> okay. I, th- I think your first intuition was probably correct. Mine? Yep. Just right there? Yep. I think so, too. I'm seeing the field. I'm seeing the board pretty good right now. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah, you are. I'm excited to make the pick for this evening because 10 and a half feels like a lot, oh. but then you start thinking about a buzzsaw, and it's like, is it? They could win by four touchdowns. They really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Two tuds is easy. I mean, dimes is over under rushing yards is when it's that high. Heavy. You know, it's 39 and a half. You know that the books know if Daniel Jones isn't doing everything, then they're going to get killed. The thing about the over-under on Daniel Jones' rush yards is it actually ruined a segment on the show how confident we were mm-hmm. in Daniel Jones' ability to run. You remember this, AJ? Oh, yeah, I remember. remember? Run it, hassle back <laughs> was something that was damn near impossible for Hasselbeck's schedule at the time because of how much he was traveling. But also, while Hasselbeck was having his first segment, he said, what do we know about Daniel Jones? He asked us. Yep. So we rattled off every single thing we've ever learned mm-hmm. about Daniel Jones. And it kind of railroaded the whole segment. A little know. bit. We kind of ruined it. That was 100% on us. A bit off the rails, yeah. But the first thing we all said was, over under rushing yards, going to go over. Because wow. he is mm-hmm. he doesn't get chatted about in the athletic quarterback thing much. But every single game, you see Daniel Jones moving and scooting. He runs. He seems to have a great head on his shoulders. Duke, very similar to an Ivy League school. Yep. Mm-hmm. But tonight, it's like 30-something as opposed to 39, like, I think. 39 yards. That's a lot. You know That's whose a, fault that, this is. Who? It was always in the 20s, and then RG3 gave him that really innovative nickname, Vanilla Vic, I think, or something like that. And now oh, his rushing wow. total is shot up. So we're all screwed. That's a great mm. nickname, man. It is Holy good. Shit. What else do they have? <laughs> Chuck, no, you tell sure. me you got the whole depth chart right yeah. in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either they're going to throw it to Hyatt deep. That's how they got into the last week's game, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to take the top off, and he's going to hit a dig to uh, Darren Slayton. 86 Slate, yeah, over the Slate. middle. And Waller. Or if things break down, he's going to run. What about Waller? Waller? And they're going to they put in some quarterback runs because they got to try to control the Why are you selective Waller? death? All the, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wandale Matt, Robinson. Matt Breida. So Matt Breida is going to go back to San Fran, right, and just have a, 100 yards? No, Maybe. sir. Oh, yeah, a revenge <laughs> no, sure. game. It's a Breida revenge game. Could be. Excuse me? It's a revenge game for Matt Breida. He was on San Fran. Oh, I guarantee you, yeah. Hey, how come Wink? How <laughs> come Wink? How come Wink? What it, you're, you thought, I don't know if it was Lombo or you, that said the safety position not being like a coach on the field is probably affecting Wink's defense right now with the Giants. Is that how you see it, or what do you think? Well, I think that has something to do with it, and then youth. I mean, he's got two rookie corners out there trying to navigate, and now tonight with all the motion, pre-snap, post-snap, yeah, that's linebackers too, though, with Justin or Simmons getting traded, Isaiah Simmons yeah, getting traded. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say it wrong because you got on him. Bobby Okereke. Okereke mm-hmm. uh, being new in that system yeah. too. We're cultured. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So to your point, just the communication of the motions and their eyes, oh. they got to be really dialed in tonight. Hey, so he how wants- come some teams do that and not every team does it? Because I assume for every defense that is an issue for you guys. Yeah, a lot. some teams have more communication than others. Like, uh, for example, Staley relies a lot on the safeties to communicate. And in New England, it's there's communicator at every level, safety, linebacker, and D-lineman. 
Uh, Lawrence Guy is the communicator. Beast. Uh, so he's in the middle. He sees. He, he'll see motion um, at like if a tight end motions. They can. He's good enough to see that and bumps over by himself instead of me saying, "Hey, get your ass over." <laughs> Like, he'll do it himself. Chuck, that's a little that bit normal. more. That, that doesn't happen everywhere. No, that doesn't happen to any, like, a lot of places because D linemen are like, huh, tell me. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hilarious, Jesus. though. D linemen are hilarious. No, you yeah. go white mo, and you got a three technique set to, set to the tight end. The tight end moves. Two defensive tackles and sub just slide. We yeah. got the three over here and the two over here, and they're, they don't move. And so linebackers got to go up, and if you see them, tap them on the ass. Hey, <laughs> Kick to the right, kick to the left. And while you're doing that, you're potentially missing something. How come, <laughs> like, is it just uh, you don't want to put that much expectation on everybody and not everybody can handle that? Is that kind of what that is? Why don't coaches do that more often? As far as the communication goes? No, just like every level. Hey, this player, you do this. Linebackers, you have the power. Like, almost empowering people, I think, is that type of expectation. Not everybody has the big brain at every position, you know. And they don't want some guys talking, to be honest with you. If some guys can talk and, and start communicating, and they're like, some guys will look at you like, okay, we got this. Then you they made the wrong they, call, too, They might, be, they might be giving you the wrong defense. They might, hey, we're in quarters coverage. We got a mm -hmm. bunt. We're boxing this, and they might be talking about something totally different. So, um, yeah, you want to get as many guys that know what the hell they're talking about to communicate and get across the board. But all this, all this jet motion, you got to decide, hey, are we bumping? Okay, are we running? Are we going to seesaw safeties? Yo. And then Wink wants to play man. And I don't know if he can play man with these young corners. That's what, he, that's what he loves to do. And so he gets up in there, and then you got Dory Jackson, and you got another corner sitting on the same level, and, and they run a rub route, and a guy gets picked off. That's lack of communication. That's a Dory. Dory's up on his guy. The other guy needs to see a Dory up. I got to get off. I got to get on different levels. Otherwise, we're about to give up a big play. Oh. And they're going to see a face full of that tonight. AJ, you were about to say that not everybody's on the same page. I assume you've had to experience some of those things as the guy that's normally talking from the sideline? No, I'm just saying, like, in, in theory, it's, it would be great to have, you know, secondary communicator, backer, and D-line. But, yeah, if, if you have the right people. But sometimes, all of a sudden, a D-lineman could see something that's not there. Oh, no, no, he starts bumping them the wrong way. And then you start arguing with everybody. So, like, sometimes... <laughs> There's too many voices, and yeah. like we say all the time, if you're all wrong, you're all right. And if you have one person doing it, even if it's wrong, at least all 11 are on the same page. Yeah. We, had, we had a linebacker who was awesome uh, at the Colts, and he was making his own checks uh, all the time. And every once in a while, he was right. You know what I mean? Every once in a while. Sure. Because, and there's guys that are giving that freedom, right? Like okay. Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu. Uh, there's numerous. Other, this guy, I think, yeah. I, yeah. I think he thought he had. It was awesome. But there was a couple times where he was wrong. And boy, just as an observer, the conversations coming off the field from the person who's going to get blamed for that potential uh, MA and the reason why it went and then him fighting. That's an interesting thing because it's almost like player-only meetings, too, where like some people are – talking up there and it's like oh, you're the last person we need talking to this particular team it's almost going to get worse in here how do you pick and choose you got to monitor that i yeah, guess yeah, as a coach. i mean like darius uh, we're blessed to have darius on your show right butler huge brain and every question anybody ever had any question i had about how to handle a certain bunch route call darius text darius ask darius in the meeting room some guys like to talk some guys don't to aj's point and it was like as soon as we asked him two seconds later it's like Hell, why didn't we think about that? That makes a lot of sense, and that's how we're going to do it. So to have a guy like that, especially at nickel, because they're doing they're doing everything. 
because two by two to three by one, three by one to two by two, coverages change. And he's got to be running with the motion or seesawing and communicating that front to back, linebackers to safeties, and getting that thing done. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know how you guys do it. I'm happy I just kicked the ball. What's that, Connor? Well, <laughs> like to, you know, what this is being talked about with New England having the three layers, like Bill's strictly draft players that he knows are coming from places with coaches that he knows. Like, I mean, Darius Butler is an example. Obviously, that's where, you know, he got drafted to New England. And then you think about, like, both the McCourty brothers. Alabama. They ended up there. Alabama, Saban. Yep, like, Michigan, D-line. Mm -hmm. Like, there are some players that Bill knows are getting coached by people in college that yep. he can then mold into it's his. It's so team. funny to, to me to think that Bill Belichick's like, well, I don't have enough time to scout all these players, <laughs> so I'm going to scout the coaches. Mm -hmm. And then I'm relying on the coaches mm -hmm. that they're well he's got guys he trusts too yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying so, yeah. that's yeah think about him traveling college to college and instead of talking to the guys you know they'll see that rainy photo mm -hmm. but yeah. then he'll, he'll just talking to the d-line coach like tell me what you think about this what do you think about it all right so this guy's a good coach mm -hmm. so if we get a guy from here we could probably bank on him being okay what did they tell you when they brought you in from detroit um it was funny i got traded and after I was there after I got traded on that Wednesday. It was a padded practice. I go out to padded practice. I haven't even talked to Bill at this point. It's like, you know, 11 o'clock already. It's for practice. And I didn't talk to him until the pump period. He's like, man, no, like, get over here. And I'm like, all right, like, live my dumbass <laughs> job. Right you know? And he's like, you know, spinning his whistle. He's like, I always get my guys. You're one of my guys. I've been watching you for a long time. And, like, awesome. when he said that to me, it instilled, like, man, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, that is. That's really cool. Yeah, that was dope. Because there's a chance you could say, like I did to Saban, like, hey, you didn't offer me a scholarship. So you can <laughs> That's how I feel about Chip Kelly. I feel the same way about Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, um, who I think they're going to beat Utah this week. Um, that's that would be huge. That'd be a massive Dante Moore, that uh, freshman quarterback, is Dog. a guy. He's Playing, a guy. Yeah, he's a guy. But Chip Kelly, he offered my best friend in high school, and he didn't offer me. Oh. And I saw Chip in those meetings when you go uh, for uh, what is it? When e games, and e sports. It's here. It's here. Combine. And, and combine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, combine. For the combine, and I sit down and I said, Chip. I was like, I, like what? What happened? Why didn't you offer me? That's my dream school. I would have went there in a heartbeat. He's like, well, you know, and I was kind of talking shit to him. You know, I was like, don't make the same mistake because I was supposed <laughs> to go in like the top 40 picks. And he ended up picking Michael Smith the third, who unfortunately didn't pan out for the Eagles. So then he ended up getting fired multiple years later. I was, he was at practice for the Patriots. And I said, you made the same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I assume Chip, I've got to meet Chip. He's great, great personality. Great I assume guy. he laughed at that. Yeah, yeah. He, he enjoys, is. I think, that yeah. type of he does. shit talk, which is very, very awesome to be able to do that. And congrats mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. Fuck. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you think you're good so enough good. for Oregon. Yeah, it feels mm -hmm. so good when you can do that sometimes. When it works out, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. yeah. There's, does it. there's yeah. some times it goes the other way, you know, and you just got to kind of, you, you're the Chip Kelly of the situation. Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. It happened to me yeah, in Detroit. Did. Let's just not talk about it. What, yeah, what did happen in Detroit, you think? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't play. Why? Uh, I don't know. Can't tell you. I. Place is a shithole. And no, I wouldn't go there. I'm not going to say Jeez. that. I, think I it, thought that's where I thought he was. Uh, he's actually thought. the D.C. of the Steelers now. Um, Terrell Austin. Terrell Austin, yeah. yep. Yeah. He's in like it, you think? I don't think so. 
and that's okay. You think it's because it's LDS Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah I that's think why. so. There's yeah. a chance. Yeah. Never know. But he yeah. liked Haloti Nada, so. Oh, uh, there uh, you go. Right. Huh. Uh. Andy Reid, LDS. Mm-hmm. Kyle Van Noy, yep. LDS. Puka. Puka Nakua, yep. LDS. Haloti. Manti Teo, Haloti mm-hmm. Nada. Fred Zach Gordon. Wilson. Zach Wilson. Who's that tight end for Baltimore? Uh, Dennis Isaiah. Pitta. Yeah, Pitta, yeah, right? Pitta. Uh, yeah, he was because him Austin and Austin. Collie. Yep. Hey, did Austin do a weird thing with his gloves, like changing his gloves out? So I guess he he wore a new pair of shoes every quarter. Yep. I mean, I guess he was yep. pretty high maintenance. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody liked it. Everybody liked it. It wasn't a. He was very humble about it. I don't think he was like. Yeah. He was just like, this is how. This is just how I am. It's what I need. I'm yeah. so sorry. So God. that order he would yeah. change? No, I, I'm being dramatic, but it was something like that. It was like it was his gloves and his cleats because it happened to me when I got to New England. He played for New England as well, yep. and they were like, "You don't do any weird shit like." Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Everybody liked Austin. It was just like yeah, that great thing. Dude. That thing kind of came out of left field. I think for everybody, like. You guys left uh, Joseph Smith out of there, didn't he? Play? He played in the league with, for the Packers. Yeah, that guy could get to the bottom of it. Yep. He could. He, yep, greatest really shoveler right in the history. Unbelievable in the history. That's right. I mean, I'm sure there's been other shovelers out there. AJ, a uh, guy in black. Yeah, AJ's face. I do have a question for you. Going back to sorry, transitioning <laughs> back to what uh, Coach, Coach Pagano was saying about I don't. You don't have to go too crazy when you were in. The Packers, I'm sure you guys had players where you were like, don't say anything to him, let him just play. Um, is there somebody that you counted on as your right-hand man where you looked back? Like for me, it was Devin McCourty and Hightower where we were, I didn't even have to say shit to them. They just knew what was up. Did you, Who was that for you in Green Bay? Yeah, a big chunk of my time in Green Bay was Morgan Burnett, safety. Mm. Morgan, I talk about all the time. He's awesome dude, awesome player, but always, yeah, always could count on him. If I had any questions, I would go to him, especially to Nick Collins early in my career. Unfortunately, he got hurt and couldn't play anymore. But, yeah, those two guys in the back end, no question. And, yeah. I mean, I played with Charles Woodson for a long time. Yeah. Charles was on a different planet. He was all – like, yeah. Charles knew everything that was coming, I feel like. And we would all – yeah, you'd pepper Charles with questions all the time. That shit is so tight when you're on a field like that with mm. somebody like Charles Woodson where you're like, yeah, he knows what the hell he's <laughs> 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 That was yeah. like Calvin Johnson for me as a rookie. I look over to the left. I'm like, close left. They're like, what the hell you doing, Van Noy? And I'm like, I'm closing it to the tight end. They're like, that's Calvin Johnson. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so big. he's so, so big. LDS Thursday. Hey, this is a big deal, I think. Huge deal. Huge deal for the community. I think they love and respect this. You're huge out in Utah. Well, I was a little bit worried. I actually asked you like three different times. Hey, if we do a Mormon Thursday, like <laughs> Mormon's going to be mad. Yeah. No problem. Mormon's going to be mad. And then you enlightened us like uh, LDS is kind of the new. And we're like, all right, LDS Thursday. Are yep. you guys going to get mad at us? And he was like, I don't think so. I was like, because it's not just you, Kyle. We also have joining us right now. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who is a three-time All-American in college. In one year, he won literally every award that is possible in college football for the position that he played. One of the most electrifying football players you've ever seen. Absolutely jocked right now. Notre Dame legend, Manti Teo. What's up, Oos? Hey, Oos, real quick. We're going to go to a wide shot on you. When you were waving yeah. during the break, you had your hands over your head like this. <laughs> can we see? Can we see it just because this is what we we saw? Gut, please. Do it. I, I know you're humble. Okay, okay, guys. So I was just like this. <laughs> oh! 
All I was doing. Kyle, he would beat your ass. You too, AJ. <laughs> this dude would man. I was, I was going to come in the pat cut off a little bit, but you know, I, I wanted to keep that Pats thing. I saw, I saw AJ with his black shirt on, and everybody had the black. So yeah. I was like, you know, I'm going to join the crew and put a black T-shirt on. Well, we appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you taking time to join us. And uh, let's just jump right into it. Notre Dame seems to have let's a squad, Manti. And I know there for a little bit, I assume there was some jaded feelings between both sides because how it all potentially ended. And we saw a documentary and, buddy, mm. I've never seen somebody get fucked as the, the, the way you got fucked. Yeah. And you, yeah. Like, legitimately. Uh, after we learned everything, especially with, mm -hmm. I think, living through the era of it and what we all assumed nationally everywhere. I'm in Pittsburgh. He's in Iowa. He's in Massachusetts. Yep. I mean, this guy's in California, Chicago. We, the way we all thought it went down, and then we watched that untold, we all owe you an incredible apology, and we want to let you nah, know brother. you're a mental warrior, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Legit, <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank Legit, you. you are. So let's move past that, though. Let's talk about Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we have a team this year, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel the same way? I feel like this is a squad that can actually go on a run. Ohio State, big test, but this feels good, doesn't it, Manti? Mm -hmm. No, it always feels good, brother. I think I, I, I really, really love Coach Freeman, man. You know, and that's, and that's why I feel like we have a team. You know, it's his second year, you know, leading the team. It's his second year kind of embedding his, his mentality, his DNA into the team. And I, I really like what we see so far. Um, and like you said, Ohio State coming in this weekend. College game day is going to be there. You're going to be there. It's going to be electric. I wish I was going to be there. Um, so this is going to be a big test for sure. Yeah, we're going to miss you. We're yeah. going to miss you. Feels like I know, brother. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, you know, they, they say happy wife, happy life. My my <laughs> wife got a, she got like this big little fitness appointment thing on Saturday. And so I was like, you know what? I'll fork over this one, but make sure that I'm at the USC one. So I'll be there at USC. Okay, big yeah, rivalry. Right, 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 I, I respect and appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ, go ahead, pal. Manta, is there any truth, like, when you hear people say you can't, like, can you win at Notre Dame? Can Marcus Freeman get the players into Notre Dame? Or are their standards still too high to get, like, all the four- and five-stars, some of the guys that, that other schools may get in their school easier? Is Notre Dame, have they changed yeah. anything like that? And do you think it's possible? Well, I definitely think it's possible. I think with the, you know, with the NIL stuff and, and you know, the transfer portal, you know, it, it's a double-edged sword, in my opinion. Uh, some some schools are using it as leverage. I know Notre Dame; they stand on on their morals, and and you know I don't I don't think they'll ever change on on that front. But I think it's going to change, and we have the chance to take it to the top because of Marcus Freeman and and who he is. You, you talk to any of the players there; he's a player's coach, and and all of us who played the game, it 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 definitely makes a difference when you have a coach that you'll literally run through a wall for. You have one of my favorite coaches over there, and and Coach Pags. Um, just one of those guys that you, you, you love, you know, not just because of football, but outside of the game, you know, that they, they're invested in you. And, you know, Coach Freeman definitely has done that for that team. So I, I believe in them um, from what I've seen the past few weeks. Um, it's, it's a different team. It's a different feel. They're winning the games they're supposed to win by margins. They're supposed to win it by. Again, you got Ohio State team that's coming in. Um, so this is going to be a big test, not only for the team, but just like the atmosphere Ohio State got that brand. They got that name. And sometimes when you're in that transition period, you don't know whether guys are going to look at that Ohio State brand and that name and be intimidated by it or if they're going to come out and swing. So 
Now, I, I have no doubt that they're going to come out there swinging. We'll stay in your Notre Dame career before we dive into you and Coach Pagano obviously having an incredible relationship. He was singing <laughs> your praises before the show started as well, so I can't wait to dive into that a little bit more. But let's talk about Notre Dame because what AJ brings up is a good point. As mm-hmm. I've been kind of baptized in the college football community the last year and a half or so of college game day, all the big-time college football people say, like, Notre Dame – yeah, they're always going to be good. Always going to be good. On prime yep. time, always yeah. going to be able to do their thing. Not going to be able to win the big one because you're not going to be able to recruit the right type of people, which I think AJ was alluding to. Then I learned a little bit more. Like, you got to live mm-hmm. in like a dorm, right? Like, it is, it's vastly yeah. different in Notre Dame than anywhere else. It is old school, right? Still at this day? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very old school. At least for, for me, when I was there, my roommate was a Vietnamese student by the name of Long Tran. Shout out to Long Tran. Shout Engineering. Out. Um, engineering degree, uh, so our 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 schedules are completely different. Um, but I loved it, bro, because it forced me to be a part of the student body. It forced me to be a part of the college experience, to network with 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 people that I wouldn't network in the locker room with. Um, and that's kind of what adds to that Notre Dame experience. You don't know if the kid down the down the hall from your dorm is the son of a. CEO somewhere, you know what I mean? And you wouldn't have that experience if you're all all athletes are in one dorm. So that's one of the biggest benefits, I think, to that for sure. Oh, so you see that as a perk as opposed to me seeing it like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, bro. Like, you know, when, when I run over, when I would run over to the student body, it's not, and I, and I would just celebrate in front of the student body. It's not like an athlete celebrating to students. You know, it's like I'm one of them. You know, they see me in a dining hall. They see me on the quad walking around. They see me after a big win or, or a loss, walking into the dorm, getting a milkshake, you know, they, they see, they see me in all of these places. So it's not like I'm, I'm just some visitor, you know, so I, it definitely helped me to be a part of that campus, be a part of that family and um, help add to the Notre Dame, you know, the legend of Notre Dame in, in, in my own way. Well, I'll tell you, you added to that. As well. I mean, yeah. I, we were, I was lewd. I Googled here real quick, right before we went live. I was like, I think you won the bed and Eric award, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I, I look yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You won the Maxwell mm-hmm. Award, the Walter Camp Award, the Lot Trophy, the Chuck Bagneric Award, the Bronco Nagurski Trophy, the Buckus Award, the Lombardi Award, and then obviously your unanimous All-American. Yeah. Heisman finalist. Heisman mm-hmm. finalist. Like, mm-hmm. that is, the, mm-hmm. is that the, no, you're hum. I get it. Humble. Okay. Yeah. Oos. God. <laughs> God, the whole thing. I, I understand that. But that's like the greatest yeah. year any person has ever had in college football, seemingly. It just, if you look back yep. on it, historic-wise, do you ever get caught in your thoughts about what that year was like, ever relive it, or how often are you thinking about those types of uh, games and times? You know, I'm not really thinking about it all that much because all of those trophies are at my parents' house, so I don't walk out of my bedroom and I see them. You know, they're, I just give them all to my parents. Um, but I definitely relive those, mom- those moments when I'm on campus, you know, and I am get to walk through those hallways i get to walk into that stadium even though it's now turf when i was playing it was grass and it was it, it was the crappiest grass ever like around november but it was grass nonetheless and the smell of that grass in the winter um definitely added to that but when i get to walk around those halls and i see those murals and i see touchdown jesus and i i go to the grotto and i take that walk you know i definitely go down memory lane and i don't think i, I necessarily honestly i don't think i think about the trophies I think about the goal line stand, you know, I think about um, all of the moments that I had with my teammates, um, both good and bad. Um, and, and those are the those are the times we miss, you know, as athletes. We, we miss the times um, with our teammates. We miss the times on those airplane rides after a win. You know, that, that that's that's one of the best feelings is after a win, you know, on the airplane and everybody's having a good time and, you know, 
laughing and joking around, playing cards, all of that stuff. So um, the trophies are great. Um, I wish I would have had a national championship trophy. Um, Me too. But, you know, when I go over to my family's house on Sunday for, for a potluck every Sunday, you know, I get to see those trophies, and it's, I'm glad that my, my parents keep them there. We got potluck every Sunday? Who's winning that? You got Every good. Sunday, bro. How we doing? It's, it's good. I mean, I bought my parents a seven-bed, five-and-a-half-bath house. <laughs> you know, it, it's on a golf course. There's more bedrooms than people there. We grew up in a three-bed, one-bath. And for a kid, you know, who grew up that in that circumstance, for me to give that to my family is definitely uh, one of the one of the things I checked off my list. But at the end of the day, there's I'm like, yo, there's there's four bedrooms that are empty. So my parents turned one of the bedrooms into like a, a playroom for their grandkids. And so every time I go over there, it's my it's my daughter's favorite place to go because my my parents have this huge room filled with toys and a playground outside. And, oh. you know, seeing my parents as grandparents is it's it's different. I'm like, oh wow, they're, they're different than when I was. You know, they're different as grandparents. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Well, I'm watching my dad. Is that my dad's like big softy? You know, like holding her. Yeah. Like, oh, she's holding my finger. I'm like, that seems to be more emotion than I. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. You, go you know, in here. You know, that like, is like, don't do that to them. And I'm like, I don't. That's opposite of what. You know, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we live and we learn obviously we'll change the way we view our parents as we have kids ourselves I think I'm experiencing that and everybody does as are For you sure. and I wish you could have experienced your season the way we did I just want to let you were yeah. you were fucking everywhere dude on the Thank field you, it was Thank awesome you. just flying Thank and doing you, it now let's transition to the NFL a little bit Ty has a question for you yeah man Ty Pat mentioned all your accolades you know at Notre Dame and I was a massive Notre Dame fan growing up went to Catholic school and I remember watching that you know, your time there is just like, this guy's fucking unbelievable. You know, the comparisons to Ray Lewis and Junior Seau and all this kind of stuff. And you're just thinking this guy's going to go to the NFL and have a 15 year career and, and be a hall of famer. Mm -hmm. And then for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. And it seems like from the documentary that you've kind of made peace with it, but do you feel like you kind of yeah. get blackballed in the NFL with all the other bullshit you had to deal with off the field? And do you look at it now? Like, I don't really feel like I got a fair shake and I couldn't actually prove how good I was. No, bro. I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, I don't think I got blackballed at all um, because the way that I played with the Chargers my first three years, was I, I didn't play good football at all. Um, you know, I, I remember just literally forcing myself to try to produce, like trying to hype myself up to make plays. And it was totally different than the, the, the player that everybody saw at Notre Dame. I felt different and, you know, I, I shared in the documentary a little bit, just the internal and mental battle that I was going through at that time. Like I, I was in no shape mentally and emotionally to play in the NFL. Uh, it, there was there was just no way. Like I, there were there were glimpses of of that kid at Notre Dame from here to there, but there was there was no way that that I was able to produce at any level. Um, by the time I was able to produce, it was my fourth year. Um, I started to feel like myself. The anxiety wasn't there no more, and I was. I started to rack up some tackles. Coach John Pagano was my DC, Coach Chuck's brother. Um, and so I was I was feeling like in my groove, right? And then the third year at Indianapolis, I mean my third year, my third game at Indianapolis, I popped my Achilles and it's over. And so it was kind of like one of those moments for me. It was like, man, right when I started to feel like myself, the Achilles goes. So, you know, to answer your question, I don't think that I was blackballed at all. You know, I think the way that I played, you know, there's you only get a you'd never get a second chance for a first impression. And in the NFL, once you give that impression, they create a narrative about you. And it was a narrative that was true at the time. 
But then I went to the Saints. I was able to play some some really good ball my first year. But there was that narrative already, and I, I can't argue with you know how they saw me because that's that's exactly how I played. Um, but I was able to finish my career. I played eight years. Um, I was able to finish my career with you know Coach Chuck Pagano in Chicago. Had a blast. Um, and the way that I finished it was against the Saints in the playoffs. I had a really good game, and uh, that's all she wrote for me in the NFL, guys. And um, you know, what, do I do I wish I was still playing? Yeah. You so I think that I could have played. Do I think I could have played better? Yeah. If I, I think if I would have played the type of ball that I played when I was a saint and on, I would still be in the NFL. But the facts are, my first three years in the NFL wasn't it wasn't good on my end, and so I, I don't blame anybody else. Well, I blame. I'm happy you've. <laughs> I was. Well, I watched a documentary, and I don't think I've ever hated somebody that I've never met more. Mm-hmm. Than going on. <laughs> Honestly, man, like. I mentioned it at the beginning, and I wasn't going to bring it up because you've moved past it, but I need the world to hear our our take on what happened to you because I think it's a – that documentary was one of the most eye-opening ones of all time, you know? And I think mm-hmm. at the time in which where the internet was and where social media mm-hmm. was versus where it is now, and you kind yeah. of being the poster boy seemingly for like, yeah. this guy's an idiot on the internet, yeah. and like yeah. people didn't like the internet at the time and didn't really see it as yeah. something. Like – all the ingredients for the story that you that happened to you, unfair, bro. You just need to know that. Thank you, bro. Completely unfair. Thank you, bro. Well, that, I think that was one of the most powerful parts of the documentary was trying to take a an audience in 2020 and 2022, whatever it was, and take them back to 20, 2012, 2011, back then, right? And so, I, you know, shout out to Tony Bainuku. And, uh, and and the crew for, for being able to do that as directors to take the audience back there um, to that time. And I, I'm, I'm super grateful that it happened the way it happened. Um, you know, talking about the documentary and, you know, the, the response. I, I remember, Pat, you came up and you was one of the first ones. My, my agent actually sent me the, the clip from you. I think you was at the, the Colts training camp. And you guys were on like this little tent and you're talking about the documentary and you were the first ones that came up and said something. And, you know, just to hear the support, man, I didn't think honestly, that's what it was. I remember when the de- the director first told me about the project, I was like, man, why, why, why would I talk about that right now? Like now people who know nothing about the story are going to hear about the story and they're just going to add to the people that are like, what an idiot. You know what I mean? I didn't want to just, I didn't want to start a whole new snowball effect on something that happened and then something that I was already passed. But I never in, in a million in years would have thought that that story would inspire people all across the world, would change the, the narrative. And, man, I, I'm, I'm just grateful, bro. Yeah, we're grateful we got to see it so we can learn your story. Have you forgiven yourself for that? Did that documentary help you for that whole thing? I assume that's what well, anxiety it, and everything. Well, the forg- I forgave myself after that third year. So going into my, my contract year, like there was a level of desperation there for me where I was like, man, I, this is this is it. You know, if I don't produce this fourth year, like it's over. And so that's when I met with 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 that with that uh, mental health therapist. And we had that session. And, you know, everybody talks about that last the last three minutes of the documentary about him asking, hey, have you forgiven the person? I said, yes. And he said, well, let me ask you a second question. Have you forgiven yourself? And that was a whole new dynamic that I never thought that I needed to do. Now, when that happened and I began to forgive myself, I went into that fourth year and that's when I started to feel myself again. I remember we started off that year in Kansas city and I'm standing on the sideline, the national anthem comes on and I'm like thinking, 
oh my gosh, here comes here comes the tingling, here comes the numbing of the feet and all of that stuff, and nothing, bro. I was like, oh, oh here we go. Here it's we go. Be good. We're playing, we're playing football again. <laughs> yeah, and I I went out there and I had at 10 plus tackles that game we played jacksonville the next next game at 10 plus tackles that game and i'm like oh here we go this is it you know this is me and then yeah indianapolis achilles boom i'm sorry quarter. i'm so sorry Jeez. i'm so sorry i was there for that i i oh you <laughs> i think so yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i was and you uh you you took the world by storm and then your story took the world by storm and the amount of things you had to hear about yourself I assume through that mm -hmm. entire time is going to be tough. And the way your body reacted, your brain reacted, I think is much better than what some people would have done. You know what I mean? The fact you're still mm -hmm. here, I think is good that you didn't punish yourself yeah. to the ultimate yeah. way. But as soon as we saw that documentary, we were like, immediately, we need to apologize mm -hmm. to this man. I hope society has as well. And you forgiving yeah. that is very powerful. Very, very proud. Thank I'm you, a, brother. We have not. We will absolutely never. The fact that that human exists is obviously a deal. Uh, Connor has a question for you, Manti. Yeah, Manti, obviously college football has changed a little bit with the whole you know NIL situation. Have you ever you know thought oh. about what it would have been like when you were in college? Because obviously with the untold docs, the whole Manziel thing came out, and he's another guy mm -hmm. too during that era that would have been you know ridiculous. But have you you know thought about that at all? And have you seen the effect of it at all in Hawaii? Just because there are so many good high school football players that come out of there. Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, funny story. I remember my senior year, they're making all of the number five uh, jerseys and oh, yeah. five hats and all of this memorabilia that they were selling. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, geez, man, if I could just get like a fraction of that <laughs> so that I could fly my family out to game. So I would save all of my summer stipend checks so that I could fly my parents out for games. My, my parents only came to every year. They came to the first game and the last home game. That's it. And so if I would just have enough money to fly my family out there every game, like that would be a blessing for me, you know? So there was one time my family that we had a tradition. Every time they would come up, we would go to the bookstore and walk around, buy stuff, right? Buy some, some gifts for the family back home. And so I see all of the five memorabilia everywhere. And I remember asking um, one of the, the the clerks over there and I say, hey, like, how much money do you usually make on on the, the memorabilia? He was like, well, we make millions a weekend. I was like, a weekend? He's like, yeah, a, a weekend. I was like, just on all the memorabilia or the five? He was like, all the five memorabilia around the country will make a couple million a weekend off of that stuff. And so I was just thinking to myself, like, oh, like just like if I could just parents? afford more, yeah. if, if, if I could afford just more than some Jimmy Johns, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like I, I just like a, a good yeah. dinner, you know what I mean? Like, just give me something, bro, you know. But you know, NIL is one of those things now where I'm glad that they're 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 compensating these kids for for their likeness and stuff like that. I just wish that they would they'll go an extra step further and educate these kids mm -hmm. a little bit on how to use that money, like how to budget, how to invest. And, and 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 help them out that way. I think they're just giving the kid a fish. They're not teaching them how to fish because one day, as we all know, that money is going to run out. Like, imagine you, you give a 17, 18 year old kid a couple million dollars. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how to use that. I've known. You know? And then he has he has he has friends and family everywhere that say, "Hey, give me my share. Give me my share." Like there are there are grown men that don't know how to do that, and we're giving it to 17 and 18 year old kids. So if if they could do 
just go a step further and educate these kids on, on the importance of financial literacy and on, on how to budget, on how to say no, on, you know, how to invest in stuff like that. I think it'll, it'll be a way better situation. Another situation is there people are signing bad deals. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a mm-hmm. percentage of career earnings yeah. for the next hundred years baked in the back of some of these contracts that these 18 year olds mm-hmm. who are using their parents who have never seen this mm-hmm. money or these contracts yep. before as like their people. It's like, there's a lot of shit that yeah. can come with it, that type of stuff. Hopefully everybody can handle it. You know? Yeah. It's the wild, wild west right now, bro. You know, it's, and that's what I like about Notre Dame is they're going about it in a very calculated way. I think Brady Quinn, them are making like a fun, Oh. Trying to help these kids out, oh. and, and this is this, oh. this 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 is this is for for a shout out to Coach Freeman, man. So I was talking to an individual. Um, you know, they talk about the Notre Dame network and all of that stuff, and they would say, "Hey, tap into the network." While I was a player, I'm like, "Well, how do I do that?" You know, like do I just go up to a random guy and introduce myself? Like, <laughs> what Facebook? do you mean? Yeah, like tap into a network or whatever, right? I was talking to this individual, and so his 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 family. Um, owns the college business at Notre Dame. Uh, and he said that Coach Freeman right now is connecting all of the players to the network. He's taking each player and say, hey, what do you want to do? What is your passion outside of football? And he's connecting them to somebody where they can get an internship to learn about real estate, Hell to yeah. learn about stocks, whatever it is. And I'm like, bro, y- y'all don't understand how priceless that is that you have a coach that not only helps you on the football field, but it's saying, okay, let me connect you with somebody in this business that has done it on the highest level. And let me, let, let me introduce you and get you in front of these people. Like, bro, that's, that is the Notre Dame experience for me. And, you know, I, I'm so happy that they have that now in coach Freeman. He's doing it for him. Good AJ. I'm, I'm curious after you got drafted, how, what were your feelings like going into that first training camp? Did you already know before you got on the field that you weren't feeling like, normal like you were when you were at Notre Dame or like how quickly did that whole transition happen? Bro, AJ, I remember my first, it was seven on seven. It was the first seven on seven in OTAs and I, the doubt just was screaming in my head. I remember just like, dude, what is this, bro? What is this voice? What th- This voice that wasn't here the past however long I've been alive. You know, I've never had that voice just saying, are you sure? Like, make sure you don't mess up. Make sure you Make sure you don't miss the tackle. Make sure you take the right angles. There were, I mean, AJ, you know, being a linebacker, like if you have any type of voice that's saying that, like you're not going to produce at all. Like you got to be a killer, bro. Or like how Pat says, you got to be a dog. dog. Like if you're not no dog, like you're not going to produce. And so for me to have those voices in my head, I remember the first seven on seven, you know, Philip Rivers comes out there. Eric Weddle is is calling out things. And I'm just like, bro, I, I can't even get lined up myself. But you know, you, you put on this 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 face like okay, I I got it all under control. But inside, you're just like man, this this is a whole new different world. So it definitely was from my first seven on seven in OTAs. I knew it was it was, it was just a, it was a different beast. Do you miss running your face into people or what? Do you do? Oh, for sure, bro, for sure. My son, my son, he's he's eight months old. He just started crawling. He face planted in the concrete. He started bleeding from his nose. I was like, perfect, son. Like you get. If, if you can handle the concrete, you can handle a running back. Don't worry about it. 
it's going, you're going to be fine. My wife is over like, oh my gosh. I was like, just leave him. He's fine. He's, he's, he's first of many. <laughs> it's a big party. Yeah. Yeah. And then your dad, who probably said the same thing, is telling you, like, pick him up. What, yeah. what, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, dad. Yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. different. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, you were talking about memorabilia and stuff like that. Uh, we were talking about... That hat is sweet. Where do we get that hat at? Where do we get anything with that logo on it from? Oh, uh, bro, I, I might have, I might have to, you know, make this a thing. So I did a, I did a, a yes, a, make it a, a thing. What are we event. talking about? Yeah, make it. I did, I, I did a speaking event at this this company called Jen, and so this is this is Jen's um, logo, and they made me this this hat, and I have an all black hat, and every time I wear this hat, I wear it because it says Teo on it, and it kind of looks like Team Teo on it. Um, everybody always asks for it. So I have to go, I may have to go see my boy Donnie who made this hat and, and tell him, Hey bro, you might have to make this a thing, you know, and just make a brand or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Would buy it. Might have to bro. Matter of fact, Pat, I, I'll, 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 I'll send some to you guys. Just let me know how many I'll have Donnie print them out and then I'll send it to you. Hey Donnie, why don't we just put a link up and say they're for pre-sale and then let's just see how many. Buy. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? then, Good idea. Hey, let's do it, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you do now? What does day to day look like for you? So, you know, besides being a father, I think being a father has changed everything for me, bro. I mean, you know, being, being a new father now with your daughter, like it, I want, when, when my daughter came into this world, bro, I immediately wanted everything great in this world for her. Like it, it just changed immediately. And so I made some good decisions investment wise while I was playing, I uh, got into some real estate. So I've been, I was chilling for a little bit, but I got around some people, I got around some business people and, um, I'm actually in the process of starting my own private equity firm. Ha! Um, yes. talking to something. And, hey, yeah, that's where so bees that, show that's up. That's going. where the bees, yeah, the bees yeah, show yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different language, brother. You know what I mean? So I, I I'm, I'm in that process. Um, with my agent, I'm also, you know, doing a lot of speaking on the possibilities of doing some broadcasting. Um, but it's just doing different things to provide a life for my kids um, that I would want to provide them. So, you know, we got a lot of projects doing right now. Do you want to travel or you want to be home with the baby? Because like that NBC, don't they have a, Oh yeah, they have like a weekly game day that travels around yep. and NBC. Yeah. I mean, that feels like a natural, yeah. right? Doesn't that seem like an easy yeah job there bro i i had so much fun last year i actually did the the broadcasting thing for notre dame last year when they played uh byu in vegas and i did the, the broadcasting thing for that and i had i had a blast who won um come on now who won come on now bro you know like no no disrespect to coffee and you know Kyle's the Kyle's the ooh so but you know <laughs> I, I live i live in utah now bro i'm surrounded by byu country but my Notre Dame stuff. I, I, I'm in a gym with ND gear. Everybody knows. Yeah, weren't you? Though, you were close, right? Wasn't BYU? If the documentary, if I reminded, right? You BYU was definitely an option, right? BYU was in the top five. Yeah, we were on they the were. same recruiting trip. And he said, "Yeah, no? yeah, yeah." We went on snowmobiles. That's sweet. Not enough yeah, fun. Snowmobiles. Not enough fun. Yeah. No, bro. It, it was a black. So I had two cousins that were at BYU at that time. Dre, shout out Dre. Shout out Dre. Yeah. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out Dre. yeah. I, I, had, I had cousins on that team, you know, and you know, I. I Man, it, I just felt I prayed about it, bro, and I felt like Notre Dame. I wanted to go to SC. Everybody knows that. You know, I grew up an SC fan, and so I prayed about my decision, and it kind of covered it in a documentary a little bit. I prayed about my I prayed about my decision, and I felt like you know God was telling me to go to Notre Dame, and it was an act of faith for me to go around there. And you know, honestly, bro, the way that my life has happened, 
it was meant to be for me to go to, to uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, you're getting into private equity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's all going to go. Coach Chuck Pagano, uh, we've obviously waited for this, wanted to say something to you because he was, just like you sang his praises, before the show, he took his glasses off. He was kind of like chewing on them a little bit, mm-hmm. put his ears in so yep. he could hear us because he's deaf now. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> and uh, he was talking great about you. What was he like as a player? I assume you enjoyed the hell out of unbelievable. Was my hearing gone when you came to us in Chicago? No, Coach, You're, your hearing was, it wasn't gone at all because Coach actually scolded me when I did my, my workout for the Bears. I was, I was real talkative during my workout. I was and, telling and, him, Manta, I was telling him when you came in for the, to the uh, tryout, <clears throat> the workout, DeLeon was out there and, and you were just chirping and chirping and chirping. I was just like, shut the fuck up. Go through the bags. And then it was like, if we sign you, right? If if you come, we sign you. Can't say anything. Just just shut your mouth. Come in here, learn the defense. But I, I'm so grateful because, you know, we both finished our career together. You know, mm-hmm. coaching and and playing. And when you came into the Bears, I mean, you earned Manti earned everybody's respect right from the get go. The the energy you brought, the vibe you brought, the toughness, the enthusiasm. I mean, there wasn't a didn't have any bad days. So I'm very, very grateful uh, for our time together, especially that very, very last play call. You mentioned goal line, you know, the goal line <laughs> deal earlier. Do you remember, yeah. Manti, do you remember the play call on, on fourth down there? In, Here we in, go. In, it in is. New Orleans? I think, I think coach, I think coach caught cover two. I think it was, I think Co- coach, you caught, I think there was a, there's a situation when coach caught cover two and, uh, this on Drew the goal line. This for, on the goal line. Last play yeah, defense for us. Yeah, yeah. He caught a cover two, and I, I think Danny was like, "No, we ain't, we, we ain't doing cover two, bro. <laughs> We're gonna check." And I'm looking at Drew, and I think Drew. This is when Drew did that little quarterback sneak or whatever, and I got to hit Drew like right on the goal line, and I thought I stopped Drew, but he, he scored. Did. But it was like a perfect end to the whole football thing, like. Having a conversation with Danny Trevathan on, you know, on the field, like, bro, are we going to check this? We we on the goal line and coach calling cover two. He's like, nah, bro. <laughs> That's we, a lie. We ain't going to do this, bro. I only got go the call. Hey, awesome. you sicko. Hey, <laughs> so awesome. we always had a goal line call. We ran 6-2 was our deal. And uh, so we always had a deal for fourth and one because we knew it was de- Despo, goal line desperation. We sent oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, we sent, you're right. We sent everybody. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're so we right. went goal line despo. We're going to get Trevathan on the phone, too, and, and see yeah. if he can corroborate your story here about <laughs> me on the damn bus right now. Covered, <laughs> fourth and one on the inch line, and we're going to go two deep. Did you hear Chuck in the middle of him telling the story? Like, we're, we're on the goal line. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember, remember. So we called despo, I, I re- yeah. and you go up over the top. Remember, they gave him the touchdown, and then it went to replay, yeah. and they overturned it. It was like, yeah, what a moment! Hey, this is yeah. no, it was Sorry, a great, coach. It's a great moment. Sorry, there it coach. is. Wow, Sorry, there it coach. is. Look at the drive, Manti, huh? You can, where are you? What do you weigh yeah. right now? What do you weigh right now, bro? Two thirty-eight, bro. What'd you play at? Two thirty-eight. Damn, just a little different. Yeah. It looks a little different now. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Same, same dude, just different beast, bro. I'm just a little different. I was two, I was two ninety-five at New Year's, bro. Shoot. I was five pounds from a three hundred. I was like, yeah, too many crumbles. Like, we got to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? When were you 295? 
New Year's. This year? Yep, January 1st. Oh, that was your rock bottom, it sounds like. That's what got you into the shape that you're in right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 bro. Like my, my wife said she was, pregnant, she was pregnant with our son, and she said after she was done giving birth with him, she wanted to do a fitness show. And so I was like, all right, well, if you're going to do that, I might as well jump on something so that I could, one, support you, and two, get back into shape. And my goal was to get back to my playing weight, and just last week I hit it. So wow. we're, we're, we're there right now, brother. You know who you look like right now? You know who you look like right now? What? Roman Reigns. You look like Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, yep. you, you look like Roman yeah. right now. Another, another Oos, bro. Hey, Oos is everywhere, yep. dude. You don't really know yep. until you start like looking for it. It's like Oos, 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 Oos. What an island. Yep. Obviously, terrible. What's what happened in Maui? Yeah. I don't know if you've. Been, I don't, are you? Which island are you from? And have you? Oahu. Oahu. Have you chatted back with mm -hmm. anybody back home about that? We have no idea oh, what yeah. the updates is on all that stuff. The Rock, I think, is giving money to people mm -hmm. starting this week. It's that was mm -hmm. devastating, man. Devastating it's crazy, stuff. Bro. Yeah, it, it, it's so sad, bro. Like family, families lost everything. You know, family, family members included. Like I can't, I can't even begin to, like fathom like the stuff that they, they they're going through bro like lost everything within minutes you know so you know thank you to everybody who's raising awareness i just you know helped with the chargers they're they're doing like a, a campaign out there and so i was glad that i was to be you know able to be a part of that and just everybody like you guys pat all around the world they're, they're just bringing awareness and and helping whatever they can so it's good to see like the world come together on certain things you know i think right now society is so split like any any chance we get to come together as one, you know, I, I'm grateful for it. I love those islands, man. Got engaged there. We're supposed yeah. to get married there. Anytime I land there, it's like this place is the greatest place on earth. Good people, great mm -hmm. people. Yeah. In the yeah. the weather, Whew. man, it is perfect. But what a place, what a dream. We appreciate you joining us, man. It was great. Thank you, bro. We should, you know, we should tell you one more time. Whatever you need. To get your yourself to South Bend tomorrow and Saturday, <laughs> we will provide. If there's any opportunity at all, just yes. want to let you know that. I love you, bro. Thank you, brother. All right, see you, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, Manti Teo. Yeah, Manti. All right, uh, his, awesome. hey, watch that documentary. It's called Untold on Netflix. AJ, you watched it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a must-watch. No it, question. It is a must-watch, and maybe if you didn't stink so bad on that. Visit to BYU. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear that? Such a prick. Snowmobiling, you went? Yeah, yes. And you sprayed you, snow all over, man. They take you snowmobiling when you go. Like, it's pretty dope. If someone snaps a leg on that, doing that. I mean, Why are you so negative? What if yeah. somebody gets boozed I'm, I'm up and rolls an like, ankle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what Career do you want them to do? You want to be in Bubble saying. Boys when they go on recruits? Yeah, they won't be going to BYU. I'm sure they are now, though. They don't do anything on recruiting business anymore, unfortunately. I know. I did, did you go on any visits anywhere else? Yep. Colorado and ASU. Oh, okay, ASU oh, okay. a little bit different. Uh, ASU, yeah, lost my wallet. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. Gonna have that. Matt Patricia lost his wallet. He did the yep. night before coming to see us in Radio Row. Yep. I assume different reasonings, but keys and phone, maybe. Yeah. Hey, those recruiting wow. visits back in the day, dude, hilarious. I didn't know what I was signing you up. You know for. who my host was? Was Lawrence Guy. Oh, Larry. Larry you Guy. Larry son was. Of a bitch. Yeah. Hey, Larry's good dude. Yeah, good dude. He, we were so smart, we let him go. <laughs> I mean, he's not the only one. Jerry Hughes. Oh, uh, there's numerous. Guys. A lot of good players. That defensive line could have been real good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That defensive line could have been real good. What a good. That dude. sucks when good. you have to think about oh. that, huh? 
<laughs> this job, <bro. laughs> still making him sick. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just saying that. I think about, How about Lombo. I think about plays too. Yeah, Lombo. What was that yeah. one about? Rick, huh? That was a dick move. Right? Right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. You're not the only one. Ryan yeah. Leaf just put a tweet in calling Lombo a clown. Who's the clown on the PMS show who's calling Washington State's quarterback Cameron Wade? Come on, man. Put some respect on it. Go Cougs. Okay, can I? It's Lombo. Lombo gets say, no names that's right. That's his thing. Did he say something about North Dakota State? Uh, There's a chance. I mean, honestly. He may have. Probably. Because I want to be like, quarterbacks from North Dakota State? Oh, he's talking no, about Washington. Carson? Washington State. Okay. Was- right, oh, right, yeah. Right. That's who Cam Ward, he, was, he got. Yeah. He, just, okay. he just put a D at the end. Or, that's his thing. Hey, he is impeccable at getting people's names wrong. You just got to use context clues <laughs> to mm-hmm. try to figure out yeah. what situation he's talking about. Because whenever you figure out what he's talking about, he's normally right on. Yes. Sure. He's kind of got a, you know what I mean, AJ? He's kind of got Shout a vibe. Oh, Micah, for, Micah uh, Parsons, Mikel, or... Mackay. I know, I know. He, everything. he wants to go by Micah. Like, that's his name. Lombo, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. that's his name. I mean, you're a lot. Community lost. noted. Who? Mike Lombardi? Yeah. Hey, community, community notes are an interesting little thing. Now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who got community noted? Gumpy, I know you had eyes on the internet. Hate to see it, but uh, ML Football, unfortunately, finally got community noted. Wow. No. What? Damn shame. That means they're on the radar now. That, yeah, that, you, like... you might want to be ready for a lot of those, ML. Yeah, I think there's a chance. Whoa. All of them. We got in the news breaking biz today with our sources. They're pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a wild scene in Chicago, dude. Crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. That's crazy. Sam Hurd involved to this? Is this at all? Yeah, and Peanut. Didn't we try to, well, that, I guess that's all a lie. There's so many. Yeah. Polls came out today, GM, and was like, there was no raid on Hallis Hall. There's a lot of false narratives going on. I don't know if you went as far as saying Peanut Tillman was not the one who told us that this was coming, even though I get it, he works at the FBI. I right? heard someone was running away with a computer, and he came from behind it and fucking punched it out. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Was it like the old a, peanut punch came out? Yeah. I love that, Chuck. You remember when you tried to? Claim I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna, but he's the guy. Yeah. Well, Pagano punch. Actually, I do. Yeah. Do you remember when Chuck had to do the that? Hell, oh yeah. Last year. Know, what the hell do I know? Chuck didn't leave any laptops there, did he? Jeez. AJ. AJ. Oh, too soon. God. Too soon. It's not funny. I'm just saying, if they're coming for it. That's it. I do have a question. What do you think about their like team right that now? That just always happens in your face, not even a reaction. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see it. I uh, blocked. Oh, I went in. All right. Good you, good <laughs> it's your you. vibes. It may happen. LDS Thursday. And bingo. Hey. 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 Heavenly. Um, we believe in heaven, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, sweet. That's what we're trying to get to. Okay. All right, sweet. Um, I don't know. That's a good question for you because you're more recent in the NFL. I think like old school generation – doesn't hear as much noise. I think it's easier just to say, hey, I need to keep my job. I need to kind of chip away. Now everybody hears everything, right? And yeah. kind of how low we talked about that earlier with, with Coach Saban. That's yeah. real. Everybody hears everything. So what do you think it does? Does it rally? Does it galvanize them or does it go the other way? I think you're looking at it either way. It could do both. Legit. Yeah, I think it's a big distraction though, because everybody I mean, we're talking about it. Everybody's talking Players about it. Players are talking about Players it. Players are talking about it. Um, you know, a, a coach leaves in the middle of the season um, for defensive play calling. Like, you're getting a different play caller. Like, there's a lot of things. That's a lot of distractions. And then you have on top of that Justin Fields situation, too. Yeah, you don't normally see Super Bowl champions have this type of stuff. No. Like, don't, don't want to be the bearer of bad news, and I know it is just week three. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the teams that win somehow find a way not to have these types of things that seem mm-hmm. – 
unstoppable. Like, how are the Bears supposed to control what's potentially happening with their defense coordinator at home away from them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't control it. But also, winning organizations seem to not have this type of shit happen for whatever reason. Yeah. And, I mean, on the bright side, at least they only have to play the Chiefs this weekend. So, it's not That's like, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. That was going to be my question to what was yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Well, that was going to be my question to him. Was obviously you guys are aware of what's going on, you know, in Chicago. The quarterback, the DC's gone. Eberflus called the last game. Has Andy talked to you guys about this? Because mm. it's a trap deal. He all mentioned the way. it a little yeah. bit. No, he he mentioned it, but sure he didn't Andy, dive into Andy it. Andy was going to address him and say, "Hey, look, the worst thing we could do right now is get caught up in all this shit and figure, okay, these guys are going to implode. They're going to come in here and we're going to cakewalk through this game. You don't know how they're going to respond, so you just focus on and control what you can control. Focus on us and whatever shows up. We got to play our best football. I think that's the right messaging, but humans being involved, you know, it's tough sometimes. Some teams are able to really and they're young, yeah, yeah. very easy, easily distractible. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Tom? I did just see a video on the internet. It was actually kind of funny. Justin Fields went up to uh, Getsy and they hugged and they both waved to the cameras. Oh, see, there you go. Let's go shake their hands. That's they good. Said. What else are they going to do? <laughs> what does that mean? What's your problem, Chuck? I mean, Russell Wilson just did this with uh, Seattle. so. Oh, yeah, in the press conference. Remember, he poked his head in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love each other. Yeah, yeah love we, this knew guy. That. we knew that was a lie, though. Yeah, true. How oh, long did that last? Uh, th- one year, that. one more year, and then he left. Chuck, don't, you, aren't always, you weren't always this negative. Don't let <laughs> what's happening over here affect you today, okay? Yeah, two, the past two times, a little bit negative every once in a while. Just want to let you know. Chuck's a real I love it. I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I really have, but. This ain't the same old Chuck. No. This is brand You're new Chuck. Chuck. You're pissing vinegar. BNC. Boom. BNC. Oi. Oi. Hold on. So Zito just gave me a little heads up. Uh, I guess today's a massive day for LDS. What happened on this date in 1823? According to the teacher's church. <laughs> Maroni was an angel or resurrected. Moroni. Okay, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, not Italian. Moroni was an angel uh, resurrected being who appeared to Joseph Smith on his oh. in 1823 and instructed him to restore God's church. So, LDS Thursday. Is that we knew that. Yeah. It's we knew I knew that. that hell yeah. I knew that too. What the hell? This is one of those things, though, where do you remember the story you told earlier where your brain just kind of thought something? Like, yeah, you know what I, I mean? Say, I thing. said a lot. No, no, you know what? You're driving and yeah. you pass something and your brain was oh, like, hey, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is it is weird how the world puts something like like LDS Thursday. Destiny. <laughs> Why yeah. would So do you have to fast today or Yeah, what is the deal? We get fast? presents. Yeah, presents. I think cool. we fast for forty days starting today. Okay, nice. Yeah. Oh, okay, so we're also doing like no sugar, no alcohol, nope. fish on Fridays. Yeah. Okay, None so this that. is Lent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Well, today kind of sucks, and I thought it was Christmas. Nah, we having a party. Yeah, okay. we're celebrating. Where you, where you drink or do anything fun? What? Yeah, they. What, what are you, are you talking wrong? about? Look, I'm just asking questions. Is this Christmas or is this 40 days of the, all we, the good shit? This, this isn't Christmas, right? Because we still follow Jesus as the guy. We love bad influence on me. You love Christmas. We love Christmas. But today is a day where Latter Day Saints was founded. No, uh, just Morona. Yeah, just Morona. <laughs> Sounds like you're not the guy. Yeah. Got to the bottom of this. Thanks, Kyle. Huh, Thanks for LDS Thursday. Every Mormon watches one hour worth of clips of Mitt Romney on YouTube to celebrate Moroni, yeah. telling Joseph Smith, hey, you got to rebuild the church on earth. Just real quick, today's a big day. Did you know that? No. All right. Okay. So it's not that big. Okay. Listen, I'm laughing back. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. 
too. Oh, too. It is a big day. It is a big day. It is a big day. The universe is just, I mean, that's three for my last three right there. Where did Jack Jack Mormon come from? Yeah. I don't know. I had to be, come from Vegas because it's close to Salt Lake. That's Jack to, Mormon. Right? What's that? That was like a guy that went to school. Not Danny, Danny Ainge was playing basketball there when I was in college. Love Danny. 1942? He, yeah. he used to come to Laramie. They, you know, Love Danny. Louise. He's called you old. What? I didn't say anything. It's good. I can't hear you. <laughs> that is. That's feels a good like, So Jack, Jack's someone who practices that's right. one one foot in, one foot out. Feels like a Jack. Yeah, Mormon. it's like hey, they go, but they don't follow any of the rules. That doesn't happen, right? That, that is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that happens anywhere. Amish I think that happens with any. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go he's ahead. talking about Amish and Mennonites. That's Amish. a good call. You talking about CEO Catholics? Yeah, a lot of those. Christmas and Easter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. I think that. I mean, that, that's those are good. sweet. I, I did, for me, I just hate how that is like. How come there's no Jack Catholics or? Oh, there are. No, I'm on your side. You know, CEOs is what they call mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Church well, and Easter only. I would yep. never even. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. But you hear of Mormons, so how come? So to be clear, as somebody that lives with blinders on, yeah. just heard that for the first time. Just heard that for the first time. Okay. So I'm pretty biased, I think. On yeah. I will use the CEOs one instead of Jack Mormon. What about you, AJ? You played with Brady. Yeah, Brady Papinga was my roommate for five years, home and away games and training camp. So I have. I'm been, sorry. Well, I have Pepper. <laughs> no, he's. I know. Man, it was. He's a great guy. I have. He is a unique. He's a cartoon character. He is yeah. very entertaining, and I asked him 17 billion questions over those years. I bet. I feel really so, bad. Sorry. I hate. I want to shed light on it. He did lose his son recently. Yeah. Um, that was a really sad tragedy, but. Honestly, that was within the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah, just an We're on your day, Brady. family. Yeah, Positive. Asian family. Yeah. Peace and peace. Awesome family. That came out of nowhere, right? AJ, didn't you have to, because of obviously your friendship, relationship with him, I think that's how, you're the person I heard about it through. That came out of nowhere, right, for Brady and his family? Oh, it was awful, yeah. So, yeah, high school son, but his, uh, his daughter actually came to Colorado. I got to give her a hug and talk to her after the show last week because she's a freshman there. So. Oh, wow. that's awesome. All right, well, positive vibes to everybody. Let's make some picks now, shall here we? we? go. Oh, yeah. All right, before we get out of here, because we got some stuff to tape afterwards, the New York Giants are kicking off week three of the NFL season in Santa Clara this evening, taking on the Niners, who are favored by 10.5. Is that still the right number? It's uh -huh. been this way for the whole week. Monday, this was the number. Thursday, this is the number. Not a lot of movement on the line, which tells us they are who we thought they were, is what the sports book's saying. Over under 43 and a half. Chuck Pagano, we'll start with you, pal. Chuck is currently 1-0. We have a graphic to celebrate this. Yep. Chuck made a pick last Thursday. He picked the Vikings against Philadelphia Eagles. If you remember, they backdoored their way in that yes, thing. You see that? That's the Viking backdoor with you. Oh, yeah. Pumped up about it. Chuck, how do you see tonight going, and what do you got? That's yeah, so these guys were outscored 60 to nothing okay, before the first six quarters of this season, right? That's a lot. Yeah, so they're down 20 to zip at halftime, come out slinging it. Unbelievable comeback, 31 points in the second half. Um, yeah, again, they're outscored in the first half – 46-0, last two games. Chase. They've Six. had to stay out west, okay, NFC West, 752 miles from Phoenix, all right, to San Francisco. Still all right, they're staying in Still the there. NFC West, right? But this isn't Arizona. This is San Fran. I don't know how sleeping in a different bed on the road, you can say, hey, camaraderie, 
Yeah, We're on bowl the road game. Together. It's like a bowl game. Hey, it's yeah. like a bowl game, right? A mini bowl game. That was great. Those guys are dying to get home right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> negative, <laughs> Never done this thing. Yeah. You know. So, and again, I I love Dayball, Wink, all that. They're missing their left tackle. They're missing their left guard is out. Mm. All right, Saquon, Thighs mm. Barkley is out. Brita's back in. He's going to go back Revenge to San yeah. Fran tonight. Yep. Um, like I said earlier, Danny Dimes going to have to be running around. Waller, Hyatt, take the you know top off the coverage with Hyatt. But I, I just don't see him going to San Francisco and being able to pull this thing out. Let alone keep it within two touchdowns. I, Brock Purdy, Debo, what? CMC, what? Kittle, what? Jennings, what? Ayuk's hurt. Shoulder. I don't know if he's got, he's got a shoulder. Questionable. I, I think he's a tough son of a bitch. I think he'll come back though. That's been he's got the two touchdown catches for Purdy. That's his favorite target right now. Mm-hmm. But they got so much firepower. Nick Bosa, he's got he's no even, sacks yeah. to this point. He didn't have three he last three games of last year, no sacks. First two games this year we know he was a holdout, no sacks. Now he's gonna be on either Evan he always lines up on the left side, right? So Evan Neal's the right tackle for the Giants. So he's gonna be going against Evan. But what if they pick him up and put him over on the backup? Maybe on seventy-five. Ooh. Oh yeah. On the on the left side. And then you're thinking. Or put Or he could move to inside too. <laughs> and they got, you know, the back. Uh, Glowinski got benched after week one, so now he's back in there when uh, uh, Ben uh, Breesden, I think is yeah, his name, of course. president. Yeah, yeah, president. Yeah, we know. He went out with a concussion, mm-hmm. so Glowinski's back in there. So they're gonna move him around. Fred Warner, Greenlaw. Uh, Wyoming's finest, oh, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Gibson, Hafunga. Oh, Hafunga. He's, he's got the hair. Another ooze. Yeah. Another. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Ooze is everywhere. <laughs> so you like the Niners? Cordero's Ward. Yeah. Minus 10 and a half? Yeah. I, I, it's, a lot, it's a lot of points, and we know, like, week one, Minnesota got that backdoor uh, cover. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, that's just luck of the draw, but I don't think, I don't think it's How good you feel, though, whenever it happened? You feel good? What's that? When Vikings backdoored, you felt good? Better than a couple guys really? on this program. All right. Oh, okay. All right. It was a push. So Chuck likes the Niners minus yeah, 10 Why do you guys have a check mark on push? Because you go by best line. Yeah, but you took six and a half. It was six or six and a half. So it could have been a push, but we gave you six well, and a half because at you the didn't time. You anything. No. Yeah, well, I could technically say that we pushed, but mm-hmm. we were at six and a half as well. So we certainly lost. But you're one and oh. So you're hot. We believe you until we don't. Uh, Kyle. What are your thoughts on tonight's game? You don't have to make a pick against the spread, obviously. Still a player. Yeah. Don't want to lead you down that way. I appreciate that. Who do you like? How do you like it? You know, I, I hear a lot about the the injuries and, you know, Brian Dayball is a great coach, but I'm, I'm leaning on Christian McCaffrey. I believe he's leading the league in rushing. You're talking about mm-hmm. white uh uh, white chocolate, chocolate. White yeah. chocolate. White Christian chocolate. McCaffrey, yeah. Talking shit, you All know, backing mm-hmm. it up. I, I just believe – with that O-line led by Trent Williams and Brock Purdy hitting a couple play actions and then that downhill two-back running game that we talked with Lambeau, they were using it. I just believe Christian McCaffrey's going to do his thing. Lambeau did talk his shit, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He AJ, didn't talk about his son's offense, though. No, no. Uh, he's, certain, he's pretty quiet. Well, yeah, he has been, too, for a bit. We've noticed. Uh, let's hop in our Lambeau and make these picks, AJ. What do you like? Ten and a half. 
Ten and a half, obviously. I mean, I was sitting here trying to come up with reasons why I like it. I think we all know why I like it. Brock Purdy, absolute stud. I love how how poised he is in the pocket. Studs everywhere on the Niners defense. Give me the Niners, minus ten and a half. I'll take the over as well. Yeah, so hmm. kind of a boring start to week three here. Yeah, I agree. We're all on the same page. And there's a chance the Giants cover because it's the NFL, it's Thursday night, and it's ten and a half points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yep. trust Dayball. I like Wink. We all do. But I don't like him enough to pick him against this Niners team. I feel like the Niners get a big-time dub, and we go into tomorrow in South Bend, all of us celebrating being 1-0. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Good for us, everybody. Good for us. Hey, Kyle, thank you for making the trip out here. We appreciate you. We hope you do this more often. Coach, great seeing you. Great chatting with you. We'll see you next week. Tone, great work today. Ty, phenomenal job not having to poop. Thank you. Thank you. My tummy is a little upset still, but it was a great day. Upset tummy? A little bit. Okay, well, way to battle through and make sure there isn't poopy coming through your upset yep. grumpy. So. Thank you. And, Connor, what a day today out of you and that cat T-shirt with a sailboat out next to it. Yeah, thank you. It was a hell of a day. You know, Thursdays are awesome because of the next NFL weeks here. I cannot wait. Boys in the back, good work. Good day, boys. Oh, yeah. Boys in the back, good work. All right, we didn't take any phone calls. We do apologize. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'll get you... Uh, Tuesday. Yep. It's on Tuesday. We should, sure. we should probably answer these. A couple people have been sitting here. Brandon in Iowa. What's going on, pal? I feel bad. Hi, Pat. Uh, calling from Iowa City. Shout Hell out, yeah. Pat Schmidt. Hell uh, yeah. I Go to Hawks. About the Aaron Rodgers contract and the condition about the certain percentages of snaps or the contract gets reworked. Is that normal in the NFL or is this just because he's Aaron Rodgers? He's kind of old. Kind of fragile, and he's getting to the end of his career. Kind of fragile. Whoa, check the resume, bro. Jeez, Louise, Brandon. I think they reworked it to add in some pieces, and also the percentage thing is for picks. Uh, So they'll get a second-round pick, the Green Bay Packers. Inevitably get a number two for Aaron Rodgers. Don't want to go back in time where I was getting on the shins from the Green Bay Packers fans, but, yeah, you get a second-round pick for him. Okay, that's what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. None of us liked that. We all thought it was going to be a number one. We all hoped it would be a number one. We all thought that he would survive the season and be successful because he's not a fragile guy no. out of Iowa. He's actually old school tough guy. But yeah, that is an interesting little tidbit. How are they going to work the money next year? Is he going to rework it again to open up some more cash? What is the whole thought? TBD. We'll talk to Aaron tomorrow. Maybe we'll have some. Uh, maybe we'll bring that up. Yep. Oh yeah, I doubt it though. Probably not. No. I probably probably not gonna bring it up. Yeah, no. I don't have to rework it either because probably I'll, not. Yeah. Probably not gonna bring it up. No, I don't think so. I mean, there's a chance. You maybe. Know, if the Rock dumps a third of a bottle of tequila in our cups. Yeah, maybe. True. Did you see him? He got us <laughs> fucked up, Chuck. Didn't you knew the Rock right from back yeah. in the Miami days? Yeah, I knew. I wish I would have made that trip. Yeah, it's your hometown with the Rock yeah. there. Him oh, pouring God. tequila all over the city. Mm. Jeez, it was awesome. Great time. Right. Then I'm interviewing Aaron. Another ooze. Another Oos. It is. Ooses are everywhere, dude. They are. The Oos. What a day. Well, Roman's not going to like what you just yeah, said. Nice. Yeah, well, Roman would be wrong. I think Roman knows. He does. Whoa! Oh, knows he's the Oos. Let's go to Allie in South Carolina. Allie, what's going on? Hey, boys. How you doing? Fantastic. Keep it moving. What's up, Allie? Good. Um, so, I called a few months ago because I had a question for Tone, and I was just wondering if maybe... Uh, his opinion has changed, so I'm going to rephrase it a little bit. Okay. But um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how optimistic can you possibly be with Matt Canada as the Steelers' offensive coordinator? This isn't golf. 1 is least excited and 10 is most optimistic? Uh, 10 is most optimistic, yeah. Okay, sweet. tone. where are you at there, pal? About a 4. That's say, Not yeah, bad. Yeah, not bad, Allie. Where are you at, Allie? 
I'm in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, how about one to ten, optimism-wise? <laughs> I do appreciate that. Um, uh, if we don't fire him mid-season, I'm at a three. Oh, okay. All right, she's at a three. A little bit less than me. Yeah, yeah. a little bit less than tone. Greenville, South Carolina. He I came out today and gave, a, gave a strong uh, vote of confidence for himself. What did he say? He said, we're going to get it fixed. Hey, really? Kind of yeah. love that. He kind of looks like Big Ben. Got to believe him. He doesn't look like Big Ben. Here's Sammy uh, in BYU on this LDS Thursday. What's going on, Sammy? Hey, buddy, let's raise the odds on this Thursday and get three LDS on here, man. You got three out of three, buddy. Hey, nice. we did it. I'm telling you, people think... We're cultured. Yeah. We are super cultured. Super, super deep. You know what? Deep. I respect it. I respect it. And, and you know what? You've been all about it today. You got all – I can oh, hear them good. coming from the mountains, man. They're screaming. Rise and shout. The Pat McAfee show is out, baby. Oh, respect. I like it. We got bars over there in the LDS community. I didn't know that. Hey, I, I do have a question for you because you're the only one that would know this, and Kyle refuses mm-hmm. to give us a straight <laughs> answer. Hey, I could probably make a pretty good penny over there on the BYU campus if I was to be on the lower bunk of a bunk fed while people are soaking and I'm doing the quaking with my legs kind of underneath. Is that an accurate statement or no? Listen, Pat, man, I'm not going to speak too much on what my friends like to do, but I am going to say after that Arkansas game, the ma- I saw quite a few mattresses outside in the trash. That's oh. all I'm going to say. Okay, mm. they're getting beat up from the bottom and top. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, thank you, Sammy. We appreciate that. All right, that wraps up LDS Thursday. <laughs> Hell yeah. Perfect. All right, we appreciate you all so much. Uh, we're all on the Niners tonight. Kind of scares me a little bit. Eh. Tone, how, where are you at? Uh, team total over for the Niners is oh, 27.5. Not picking. Smart. No, I picked, I picked Niners over 27.5. Okay, Tone. I, I respect it. He's got a record. He does. Mm-hmm. It's one of the four pillars of his life. Amen. His gambling record. So he doesn't want to pick a game he doesn't have to. Do you think you're more likely or inclined to pick Niners minus 10.5 or yeah. Giants? Yeah, Niners. We're all on it. Yeah. 75% is on it. Doesn't this feel too obvious? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they are. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they give you one. Throw in a little Kyle Ustrak touchdown. Why not? Because Wink's going to sell out against McCaffrey. You're right. And then you check. Whoop. Right on little flip. Here we go. All right. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. Shout out to Manti Teo for joining us. Travis Kelsey, Nick Saban, Lombo. Yep. That was uncalled for. Hate, 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 hate. (laughs) Shame, 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 shame. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow. Goodbye.